I'm sorry. Stop right now. Thank you very much. I'm looking for a man with a human touch. Yes. <laughs> we're supposed to talk at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, we're supposed. Yeah, to we're talk at talking the at the same time. Well, I really liked when both of our you know the right thing now. happened, where the thing happened. You know, it was um, happening. I was fucked in the sixth grade by my uncle. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. Okay. okay. Ready. Right, okay. I feel, <laughs> I feel like a sports commentator with this. Uh, and now he's going down the little field, and he's making for a home run touchdown. <laughs> Down, 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 down. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Ten yard line. Sports. <laughs> Jan sport. I love Jan sports. <laughs> Great. Great. I feel like you I feel like barely what? said anything. I have. I have. I'm just. I don't know why I'm all worried about the levels, but I could just all fix it during post if it sounds shitty. But okay. okay. We're still sound testing right now, right? Okay, yeah. Right? Okay, great, great. Okay. (laughs) We are now recording the Necromantic Podcast live in studio with no audience. (laughs) This is Necromantic, where your skeletons may be creeping, and I promise we are not sleeping. (laughs) I am the witch. I'm Jordan, and there's going to be even less audience listening to this post-production. Oh, okay. Just because we don't have a live studio audience means that that, that's just a guarantee that there will be no audience. Right. Like, at least right now we're recording at your place, and there's people around, so Mm -hmm. there's slightly an audience, but they don't know that they're, they're involved right now. Maybe what we need to do is we need to, like, hire people to come and, like, watch us record the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Like, putting out a Facebook ad. (laughs) Why would that actually be kind of fun? Like, a live, and it's, like, it somehow turns into this, like, disturbing, like, anti-Oprah. Like, it's just this weird, not, like, bad Oprah, but, like, it's, like, look under your chair, and there's, like, a bowl of eyeballs. (laughs) But it's like painted grapes. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's our budget. Yeah. Fondant eyeballs. <laughs> That's fancy. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a good hors d'oeuvre at a Halloween party. Grapes. Fondant painted, eyeballs. Pa- oh, I would thought you said meant painted grapes. I was yeah. like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Painted with acrylics. <laughs> Acrylic paint. Crap paint. Yeah, I got some dollar store paint and I painted some grapes so they look like eyeballs. I couldn't think of anything else for a Halloween party. Sorry. It's like, oh my God, aesthetics. It's like people it's, are dying. Yeah. People are like choking on it. It's Just like plastic. the paint's like cracking off of the grape. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so I hope that y'all are laughing. Like, that's that's what a joke is. I'm here to tell you. So, actually, uh, the witch is actually going to be telling the jokes, and I'm just going to let you know when they're funny. <laughs> so, I'll let you know when you need to laugh. Yeah. I, on the other hand, laugh at everything nervously, even when it's bad. <laughs> I'm like, that was really bad. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. We know. We know. I know. I know you know. But do they know? 
they don't know. You're they, right. They're about to know, though. <laughs> there is no they. We haven't hired them yet. Right, right. <laughs> this is all uh, an assumption. Yeah. This is all an assumption we'll even re- release this. I feel like somebody's listening to this audio clip and they're, <laughs> they're like going, oh, <laughs> poor gays. <laughs> are we queer baiting? We are. <laughs> wow. It's, it's now 2021 the age in which you can say that you are gay in order to gain more audience. That's that's fully a thing now, though. It like, is. Especially those corporations. They're like, oh, look who we have a picture of. Somebody with colored hair. <laughs> Don't you want to buy our stuff? That was... It's a real trend on trick, trick Talk. <laughs> it is Trick Talk. On uh, TikTok now, these, like, hot straight guys weren't getting enough views. Oh. So they started labeling everything as being gay. Right. And they, like, are, like, saying things about, like, gay people that, like, obviously aren't true, but, but they're getting more views because they're, because they're labeling it as being gay. I, I will tell you one way, one surefire way to put put anybody through a vetting process of whether they're not of whether they're in the LGBTQ or not okay okay I'm ready it's vocal fry <laughs> it's, they, they, if they're lacking the vocal fry I, they do not fly okay? my name's Alaska what's right. yours and it comes, it comes in many shapes and sizes just like the whole rainbow you know you yeah. got you got your gays, you got your, your queer gay, you're listening to the vocal fry right now. Like, this is my, no, like, this is my, <laughs> yeah. you know, vocal fry. Like, you, you immediately know, like, I mean, visually, you guys can't see, but. Yeah, it's like, like I just have to say something and people are like, oh, gay. Yeah. Oh, gay. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's, it's okay. like the sound where, like, you hit puberty and your voice wants to go deeper. Right. But you're just like too much of a flaming homosexual for it to go deeper right. and then it's like your voice is permanently pitched between the two <laughs> my vocal my vocal box was like reenacting sisterhood of the traveling pants you know going up and down and up and down <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were gonna say like your your vocal box was doing historical reenactments <laughs> I was just, just imagining your throat leaping out of like your mouth, and then like putting on a colonial dress. Oh my god! Wait, why? Why is this inspiring me to do this performance number now? You're dressed as a throat, dressed as a colonial woman. Right. Um, it's like a historic. It's sci-fi. It's it's body horror. It's, it's everything. And then all of a sudden, you're like in the Saw movie. Yeah. <laughs> Cue yeah. blood. <laughs> yeah, please insert blood here. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get we gotta get everybody used to our mouth noises. Yeah, I mean, y'all are lucky. I haven't smoked a joint, so I don't have as much like cotton mouth going on. But the mouth is a very bizarre organ. Is it, it is even an organ. I, I think any orifice, anything yeah. that's like allows your inside to be outside is <laughs> so fucking weird <laughs> okay okay is so it not it is it is weird you're right like you're your right. skin is literally like holding together this bag of organs yeah. and then there's just certain parts of the skin like of this bag that just has holes in it like it doesn't right. <laughs> holes to put stuff I mean <laughs> I mean <laughs> put stuff in 
<laughs> uh, I I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unrelatable. I do have a south mouth. <laughs> Why is that so funny? <laughs> okay, it's well, slightly disturbing. <laughs> yeah, my mouth is more east, maybe southeast. <laughs> what are we talking about? Today we're supposed to be talking about a movie, I guess, that we kind of just, like, watched. I don't know. This is how I'm going to do the rest of the podcast. It's going to be very inquisitive, but I'm not really going to say anything worth paying attention to, but it sounds important. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Rachel Zoe. I, like, for the the listeners at home, uh, I was grimacing that entire time. Is that the correct phrase? Grimace? Yes. To grimace? Hoomst has grimaced. And while I was doing that, I was I was pushing my my hair behind my ear. Right. The the fake the inches fake I have. Two inches. Yeah. That you have. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> isn't Grimace the name of the, the McDonald's yes, character, the yes. big purple boy? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Not quite the Hamburglar, but Grimace. He likes Mc. I assume they all like McDonald's. <laughs> Be- because it's like the hamburger, it's like oh, gonna have hamburgers. <laughs> I just like the idea that, but you in your head, there's a good, there's like, a, like maybe a forty percent chance that McDonald's made up like multiple mascots and all of them hate the food. <laughs> right. I think Grimace likes the food, right? <laughs> well, his name is Grimace. Oh, so he's grimacing at the f- food. Right. Right. He's actually really joyous looking. He looks like a purple gumdrop. I think he's supposed to be like the dumb one in the friend group that oh. that just wants to eat. Right. Yeah. Just the void. He's actually very depressed. He's just like <laughs> a sad void I and think he, he like absorbs everybody's like toxic energy and like the hamburglers like you know, just so happy eating all these cheeseburgers and then Grimace is just like can we listen to some music? <laughs> I think Grimace is uh, grimacing at the fact that he's stuck eating McDonald's food. Purgatory. Like, he's in purgatory with the Patty same purgatory. people. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Patty purgatory. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to stage Patty purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> trademark. That's trademark. I'm sorry. That's your new drag persona. Yeah. Yeah. Dick Summons is out. Patty purgatory. Okay. But why is patty purgatory another vhs thing i could do about learning how to flip patties but then it becomes this like how to like sacrifice a goat or some shit patty purgatory (laughs) yeah i could see that no It, it like uh it goes from the start is like learning how to flip a burger and then the end by the end of it it's just um the entire movie script to uh, insidious <laughs> right i just start playing every actor yeah <laughs> yeah the, the, you just playing is like the psychic going there's a plane between our worlds <laughs> <laughs> you know that kind of reminds me of it what does that remind you of jordan it reminds me of oh i forget her name but Jason Voorhees' mother, uh-huh. who's, like, playing him through half the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, are, is that your transition? Yeah, are we transitioning? I'm, yes, we're transitioning to uh, To he, topic. him, pronouns. <laughs> right. Um, 
So, okay, so we have decided to come up with a rubric. Mm -hmm. We are grading every film we review in the category of its arts value, its uh, story value, and then its character value. And then we'll add that up. And all of you super fans out there, in a year's time, we'll have a wiki made with a full chart, analytics, and all of our movie reviews, and why we liked and rated each one, and I know we'll have those super fans uh, just chomping at the bit to meet us one day. Agreed. Because <laughs> we are the what? The boom boom superstars. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I, I can't help but queer bait. It's, I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, your only response for the rest of the podcast <laughs> you just go uh yes wait we need ratings uh yes <laughs> you're like what is a gay horsey you're like yes uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. okay so what movie did we just watch uh what you don't fucking remember <laughs> Well, no, I don't okay. know if it has an official title that I'm going to totally stumble over. No, the first film is just Friday the 13th. Okay. Released in 1980 by uh, Sean S. Cunningham? Okay. Is that his name? Most likely. Okay. Let me wipe off my sweaty hand and go pull out my phone. <laughs> Sorry, listen to this ASMR. It would Actually, if your hand's sweaty, you could probably grip it better, you know? Like a frog. What, my phone? Yeah. Oh, uh, well... Yeah, but it, it doesn't register when you oh, tap the screen. Oh, it just okay. leaves, like, sweat marks instead. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> Sorry, you're listening to a horror podcast, which means, you know, you get the worst of it. <laughs> oh, no, not my phone notifications now. Uh-oh, the click. Click, 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 I hope all this stays in. <laughs> You're like not in a chance in hell is this staying. <laughs> oh, I mean, you don't know. You don't know. It could be good. Somebody's probably like listening to this, like desperately wanting to go to bed. They're like, I put this on so I go to bed because y'all are so boring. <laughs> That's that is the mood, right? Like, yeah. there's certain podcasts you listen to. You're like, I just want to hear some like chatter as I fall asleep. Or like, have you ever listened to like? <laughs> like investigative crime to bed and you're like going to bed and, and like watching or listening to something and then it's like and he like blended her like hand into it <laughs> like all comfortable <laughs> you're like cuddled up you're like mommy just tucked me in yeah and then he blended her hand <laughs> you're, yeah. like, you're like oh yeah. uh <laughs> No, but I have fallen asleep to Ghost Hunters. Okay. Plenty That's of times. Similar. That's yeah, similar. it's kind of like a little bit ASMR-y, because they're yeah. like, there's like the boosted audio tracks, and you hear like off-distant like whispering. It's like, get out. And, <laughs> and then when they, they turn on the like noise machines where it's supposed to like catch the like frequencies, <laughs> it's all... <laughs> yeah, the spirit boxes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah. Gay, <laughs> fat. <laughs> Secretly, it's an ASMR channel. Yeah, and they're they're like literally doing the EVPs, and they're like, "Did anybody die in here? <laughs> anybody? 
<laughs> is your name Jorge? <laughs> yeah, it's very it's very fun to listen to when you go to sleep. I agree. Anyways, I fact checked. I am correct. I am the boom boom correct facts. Shauna's Cunningham was in fact the director of the first film. Cute. Another fun fact that I didn't have to look up just then. Um, that wasn't a sarcastic comment. <laughs> he only directed the first film. He never intended for it to be uh, a sequel, a series. And so he only returned really to like finish wrapping up the series for Jason Goes to Hell. And then he uh, decided to do... He was getting the rights and... Money. So he did uh, Jason X and Freddy vs. Jason. But the storyline was meant to end after the first film. I feel like it was one of those projects that's like... They didn't have a lot... It seemed like they didn't have a lot of budget. Uh, fuck. I, j- I just looked it up like okay. when we were watching the film. I think it's like... 500 something thousand was the budget yeah okay wow for 1980 that's a lot more than I thought (laughs) wait how many 500 thousand I mean that's a lot of money I mean I'm just trying to it was definitely I'm pretty sure it was like 500 thousand okay it was it was more than I thought it probably was too especially for 1980 yeah I mean like in comparison the like owner of the camp went to the diner the film is literally filmed in 1979. Yeah. And the story takes place in 1979. And the when the the camp, like, the guy that owns the camp went to the diner, he had a whole dinner for $2.25. Right. <laughs> so I feel like that big of a budget could probably get you a little bit more, but who knows how much of it was spent on Kevin Bacon. Right. Also, the, <laughs> I mean, there were some, I in my opinion, good practical effects. Like, they weren't poorly done camera work was pretty good yeah so like especially we're getting into the art now um, okay art <laughs> it's time for art a a r t art <laughs> that's how you spell it <laughs> i learned that today <laughs> i just listened to the ouija board yeah. and it spelled out a r t art yeah so this is like I mean, anything related artistically, uh, cinematography, uh, scripts, um, special effects, uh, scene dressing, makeup, all that stuff. So, uh, costuming. I think, um, I mean, if we want to get into the cinematography, Mama, let's get into the cinematography. The cinematography. Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And let me tell you, Mama, it was as sweet as a cinnamon roll, okay? (laughs) Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I really I appreciate this film's cinematography a lot I really think that it is like a little bit almost prolific if I dare say myself um, I think it has elements of like the introducing the first found footage horror movies into the <laughs> into the genres because there's a lot of the scenes are filmed from the killer's perspective which was kind of what made it so eerie and scary for the time, right? Like, oh, we're actually seeing how people die from the perspective as if we are the killer, which is, which is wild. Uh, somebody's at the door. Did you hear that? <laughs> no, somebody's knocking. That's wild. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, 
There we go. Oh, that's better. Oh, that's <laughs> much better. It's not on vibrate anymore. It's on mute. Okay. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the cinematography is really well done. I, I, every time I watch this film, I notice a new, like, shot mm. that I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. I That's really well done. Especially for, like, the older, lower quality camera that they had at the time. Right. Yeah, you were talking about it being filmed in the in the seventies, and I was I was totally worried it was going to be one of those driving movies, you know, where in the seventies for some reason there was nothing to do but hitchhike and 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 cut away to driving scenes for like thirty minutes. Yeah, that's how that that's what like low budget movies of that era really do. But there it was very tame and all that, even though there was hitchhiking, which is so seventies and. And there was some driving scenes. At least they weren't, like, completely unnecessary, but... Yeah. It was a little that 70s show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, there was definitely some hitchhiking, but it was more of, like, a... Ooh, fun, creepy, weird hitchhiking just to set the scene. Right. Um, Because they are in, like, a a small remote town in New Jersey and they're going to a camp outside of town. So I think the adding that element of like the driving and the hitchhiking in this film in particular just sets the scene of it being far away, being right. secluded. True. True. I think one of the <laughs> I think that, like I said there's a lot of shots that like I notice a different one every time I watch it, mm-hmm. which is part of what makes it so fun for me to keep coming back to this film i've seen it way too many times (laughs) especially this one um and the uh like this time for instance i noticed when they had the shot of the bloody axe in the bed that they find the bloody axe in the bed oh yeah the shot like takes place behind the guy's like shoulder and the the way it's shot it almost feels like somebody standing like like a few feet back from him and then like slowly being like what are you guys looking at and like peeping over his shoulder down at the bloody axe which i thought was really well done right um high quality agreed uh and then like i said to you before like i have probably two favorite shots that i always love in this film one of them of course obviously is the scenes at the end with the uh forest is just starting to turn autumn and the reflection on the lake and i think uh sean s cunningham knew that and uh, really put a lot of emphasis on it. That's where he intended the film to end, was in that scenic moment of her adrift on the lake. So um, you could tell there was definitely a lot of, like, effort put into how, like, fucking beautiful that shot would be. Um, And then the other one is, uh, I mentioned to you while we were watching it, um, when they break into the office, uh, it kind of is done from behind them breaking in as if there's a third party and then it watches them go in and instead of going in with them it pans over to the window so you see them fiddling with the phone and i thought it was really well done to like keep a really fluid movement to the shot and not and and add a lot of suspense and drama to it by keeping it this third party perspective and you see them fiddle with the phone inside but and in order to show that the the phone line is cut purposefully they um they pan over to the phone line on the building and it's cut and i think it's 
it's just a really weird simple way to film it that just adds the eeriness of this this third party being there the whole time that i thought was really well done totally and i remember when um you mentioned that when we were watching it i had mentioned a movie that i really like called tenet tenebra i don't know how it's an italian word so i don't know how they say it Tenebre. <laughs> no. It's a tenebre. <laughs> no, t- that, was, that was incredibly hurtful. I'm sorry, Mario. Um, no, but it... I don't apologize to Luigi, though. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Fuck Luigi. Uh, he's not even Sicilian. Okay, okay. Um, but there, I bet he eats po- Boston pizza. <laughs> he eats Chicago style. <laughs> yeah. Fucking sloppy bottom. Um... <laughs> um Sloppy yeah. bottom style Chicago <laughs> pizza, fucking, Ma- fucking Luigi looking ass. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that scene where they're checking for the phone, I mentioned it reminds me of uh, Tenebra, but I I realized that that movie is from 1982, so it's actually after that one, and it's it's such a similar shot where he's. Uh, the videographer's outside of the window and he goes up to the first floor and down to the bottom floor and it was it was only one scene in that movie too and i i I really loved it in that movie and i immediately i was like oh they're totally copying they're totally copying dario argento but i stand way corrected that that was like kind of like fresh new idea and actually pretty cool so you're yeah. totally on the nose with that. Yeah, I, I I think, yeah, it's... Despite, like, uh, yes, Halloween was before this. Yes, Carrie was a little bit before this. Yes, um, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was way before this. But um, those are really, like, setting up the idea of a slasher. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Friday the 13th is what drove the idea of a slasher home. Oh, I agree. Like this is what put the the golf ball into the into the hole. Right. <laughs> yeah, and and like in terms of visuals, it it keeps up. It sort of keeps up with. It keeps up, uh, like audibly, visually, narrative wise. I feel like it all keeps up at the same pace, and it all is just like this perfect. Um, it's like in music when you hear just the right amount of notes mm-hmm. and it just sounds lovely and heavenly and awesome and it just sounds it's the perfect amount and i feel like visually they did that too because in 1980 i feel like the uh, 70s 80s there's just so much there's a lot of fluff going on yeah you know not not just like fluffing of pubes but <laughs> like unnecessary driving and dialogue <laughs> I think this film definitely had it, but it was in a way that added to it. Yeah. Um, Like, for instance, like, the scene of the Monopoly was showing that they're just, like, a group of friends having a good time. At the Mm -hmm. end of the day, they're just teenagers, you know, alone on the campgrounds playing Monopoly. Or, like, later on when uh, she's starting to fall asleep on the couch and he's lighting the torches it kind of like is this weird shot of just watching him light torches for like a solid minute with no audio (laughs) right (laughs) i think this film does a really interesting way especially as we transition into uh, like the soundtrack um there's a lot of like parts in this film where nothing's happening they're just doing things and the audio is immensely boosted 
Right. Like you hear like the static of the rain, you hear um that like her turning on the the teapot, the tea kettle on the stove and like getting the sugar out of the jar like it's like such boosted audio it, it's almost like eerie it, it's like this is also like the intro to ASMR <laughs> it's all these like weird boosted audio moments where you're just watching them do like super mundane tasks for like a solid minute um, and it breaks up all of the other like big things in the film yeah and that like speaking of thinking things are like maybe thinking of something that could be extra in the movie is like that diner scene but then even that itself like how i was saying the the chick who's playing the uh, waitress Mm -hmm. she's not like a very good actress but she's like visually and like story-wise she's just so perfect for the part and i don't care that she's delivering her lines like she's plank from ed ed and eddie She's like she's Doodle Bob from SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> no, Doodle Bob had more range. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Yeah. Like even even the stuff that could be seen as like bad in this movie just somehow have a lot of charm to it. Yeah, and I think even like the diner scene, if they cut it, would the film still make sense and it still would be just as impactful? Yes, but um, there's two things that the diner scene does. One, it explains where he's been because he said he was just going to town real quick to get some to stop at the hardware store and he was going to be right back Mm. um and then he was like oh and if i if it's later don't worry uh you know get annie started in the kitchen um and so like it all suddenly like way down in the film after you've already forgotten that he was even in it um they're like oh yeah this guy's in it uh he it started raining so he went and ate dinner at the diner and now he's heading out um, so you get that vibe and then you get to follow the secondary story of the hero coming to save them. Right. right. <laughs> and then all of the, the, the stuff that stops him on the way. Yeah. I realize I'm getting into story. That's Let's okay. go back to, to audio, to audio. <laughs> no, something I really love about the audio is, um, well, I mean, we were joking about it, the cha cha which is like legendary it's like an echo at first i was like are they like obviously everything's analog because it's like the 70s but i thought they were like literally on the mic and they didn't have like an echo machine so they're like (laughs) like that's the way that they were delivering it but i I think they actually had a machine that was able to make it echo yeah because they did have they had um at the end at the very end they have something called and I'm only getting into this because I'm getting into music making and I'm like, I'm so aware of everything now. But <laughs> Your like, third eye open for music. <laughs> at the very end, they have like a, a phaser on the entire score. So it's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though it's like a musical score that's happening. Yeah. So they definitely had the technology um, to do all that stuff. but Yeah, the technology was there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, when they hear, like, especially nowadays, when you go back... Oh, she's a floor goblin now. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm I'm glad we're not on camera right now. (laughs) For the audience at home, Jordan is now sitting on the floor. (laughs) Um, No, so... uh, uh, Oh, yeah. So, like, nowadays, after given, like, people's exposure to horror and where people are at... 
mentally, just naturally, culturally. Uh, when they go back and watch this film for the first time and they hear that, they think it's funny because because right. <laughs> they're like they're like oh not this like it's yeah. like so campy now it's so like campily associated with with horror and like the perspective of like ooh the killer's coming to kill you right. um like that and the sound of like jaws like those yeah. are like the two tracks that you're that when you hear it you know like the killer's coming yeah but or psycho true well that's when he's killing so it's oh. still different still okay. different okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah so the like that sound is so legendarily associated with the killer and like how they came up with that track is like wild to me like right. like they really like thought of something that throughout time is gonna forever be known as the like campy way to kill somebody <laughs> right no it is I think it's really good I think it's simple and it's not yeah, I mean, they could have totally... <laughs> and it's not, I get. I mean, it probably is a lot of effort back then. Probably was a lot of effort to make something like that, to yeah. have the technology to echo like that, but it was just simple and to the point and creepy and eerie, and like you said, if it's like some of the first time people are hearing it, it just sets it up for fame. Yeah. <laughs> fame and glory. <laughs> That's what my mama told me. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think it's I think it's so good. The whole track is really well placed and well done. It's not like overpowering or like adding weird moods or anything. It, it's fitting, you know. Right. All the soundtrack is fitting. I feel like the only because, I mean, nowadays movies are so intensely bombarding with soundtrack and visuals. I mean, I mean, some are very good at it. Some are very bad at it. <laughs> But to see, uh, like, ha the way this movie was laid out, it just seemed like I didn't notice anywhere where they were trying to force you to... <clears throat> I couldn't see anywhere where they were trying to force you to feel something, which mm -hmm. I feel like in in bad movies, that's what they try and do. It's like, yeah. the soundtrack will... She's having a trip. The soundtrack will take care of it. Just warp it, you know? It's like, it's like no, like, no. <laughs> yeah, the sound the sound sets the scene, for sure. Um, is there anything else in art? Oh, the special effects. Okay, Tom Savini, who's an actor, very very famous actor and special effects artist. I mean, he's we're reading off some of the stuff he's done, and he's done like some of the most famous horror movies ever. And I never knew that. I only knew him as an actor. But the horror the practical effects were very 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 good and yeah. that's where i feel like honestly a lot of the budget went because just seeing stuff from around that same time and the way other people delivered on it i don't know if i've seen just like a lot of b horror movies that just <laughs> that you too. know what chopping mall yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean some of the effects i okay my favorite effect i think was the axe to the head was really done well, I think. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I, the first time I saw it, for some reason, I thought that they had made, like, a fake body and yeah. then put an axe through it. But I think it's actually that they put the back half of the axe and attached it to her face. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. And that's why I thought it was pretty good. Because mm -hmm. usually they would do some dummy effect or... I don't know. It just looked really... Even though they didn't show her getting chopped, it showed her... 
get like the just two seconds after like hitting the ground and it just was like perfectly sequenced and tom savini did a good job on the makeup yeah and actually um the uh i my personal favorite is kevin bacon in bed having the cigarette after sex and that was actually the most shocking to me yeah and the hand comes up out of nowhere yeah holds him down and the an arrow like a bow and arrow arrow is put through the box spring the mattress and through his throat yeah i thought that was so well done also like the, <laughs> the audacity of the killer to be under the bed oh the entire God. time they're having sex I know. with a body above them at the same time they were sandwiched between death right <laughs> the entire time they're having sex no that that one to me was the most shocking because i wasn't like i didn't see it coming and then actually when it happened the actual effect area where the arrow came out it just looks so seamless yeah he did i don't know it was it was pretty flawless yeah i'm not quite sure how they did that i don't know if they had to make a whole head because it did zoom in yeah but i don't know i'm not sure i think to me it kind of looked like it was some sheet of silicone or plastic like very thin and then they already have like a channel underneath that's like full of blood or something and they poke out of it mm, but I, it, that would have that would have to be a fake body underneath to poke the arrow through that oh that's true that's, i'm like wait they didn't just poke it through his neck <laughs> wait no, did this, it, kevin it, it bacon didn't, didn't actually <laughs> die in this right. no it did look it did, it just looks so seamless i can't even that's that i mean from a movie from that era it's yeah, rare. to be for it to be 2021 and us watching a movie from 1980 and being like, I'm not quite sure how exactly that was done. Right. I'm sure if we watched it like multiple times, we'd be like, oh, I think I get it. But yeah. like from an like just us sitting here trying to like figure it out off of watching it quickly once, um, it's not super obvious at all. Right. I, I I'm not confidently I can't confidently say how it was done. <laughs> also, my other favorite death scene is definitely um, the mom at the end. Oh my god, uh, Mrs. Voorhees, the head being cut clean oh off, my god. the blood spurting out of the the body, and her head grasp or her hands grasping for her head. Yeah, so well done. Also, I love that she gets she just gets beat up. I mean, those were okay. So yes, the what did I say was my favorite? Which one was my favorite? The, you said your favorite was the axe in the, the bathroom. Axe. But I also love all the, like, fighting that she does with one of the girls. Like, they're beating each other up. And it just every t- like, her getting hit in the head with a frying pan. I don't know why. To me, it's just hysterical. <laughs> it's really good. This It's the sound effect of the frying pan. <laughs> yeah. The sound effect of the frying pan hitting something like metal. Yeah. <laughs> being added to the track of right. like a frying pan to the head it's like so loud and deafening with the frying pan hitting her head that you're <laughs> like oh my god she's broken right <laughs> yeah yeah i liked all the the fighting scenes and the i mean she really carried a lot of this movie i'm not sure i she's probably a famous actress but she is okay but yeah like her getting beat up was tickled me tickled pink. you pink just like uh, blood stains, pink. <laughs> I'm like, there you go. I'm also and that's a pink yeah. song. Okay. <laughs> uh, I actually can't for the life of me. Oh, Pamela Voorhees, uh, Betsy Palmer. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like... Mm-hmm. I... Oh, wow, yeah, she's... She's, like, original Hollywood. Yeah, she's she's pretty famous. <clears throat> so, okay, so do we feel like we... I feel like we covered yeah, the most uh, important things about art in this film. Well, um, the rain was a little shoddy, I'm not going to lie. There was only a few times where, I'm like... <laughs> oh, right, the special Somebody fact. is just, like, like, with a hose on top of the roof right now. <laughs> yeah. But then I feel like they had one solid night of, like... Lightning storm rain. It seemed that way, so they filmed a ton on one night. I feel. Yeah, and they probably really tried great... to cram in a lot in that in a in a rainy night. I do wonder. I mean, obviously they had rainmakers back then. Yeah, right? but they are in the countryside of New Jersey, and I don't know how much of their budget allowed them to have like large scale equipment out there. Right. You know what I mean. Right. Like, why not just wait till it rains? Because it probably will. You know, it's New Jersey. Yeah, so, I mean, the few shots that you're talking about is, like, maybe three or four shots that the rain is, like, quite clearly somebody with, like, a hose or something. Yeah. But I'm wondering if maybe they didn't have the budget to have, like, a good rainmaker out there in the forest, you know? Yeah. I feel I feel like there was, like, the shots where they they are looking at the house and the cars i feel like that's the actual rain where it's like yeah especially where they're like like, they're running around in the forest yeah uh, yeah yeah, when they're like in the raincoats trying to find where the other campers are like those are definitely like actual rain shots yeah but um and like when the his car breaks down and the policeman picks him up that's definitely a rain shot uh but yeah there's definitely a few moments of like it just being like close up on the cabin door yeah. and it's just like just water being squirted like down. <laughs> large cups of water <laughs> yeah uh, I also you also mentioned the lightning yeah oh. <laughs> it was the yellow lightning okay that was only on the lake for some reason that yeah. they had that lightning yeah the it was the like oh it's about to rain shots and it was like somebody flashing their headlights it at was the so warm it was like a soft glow soft box light yeah. and they're like oh it's about to rain yeah <laughs> it's like i'm ready for my close up yeah and then like uh followed by the the yellow glow is her having like the weird talk about her uh blood rain dream oh right 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 <laughs> yeah yeah well, another thing aesthetically about this movie that i like is obviously like the guys uh, we get to see kevin bacon's ass you know the guys are always without their shirts and it's like the 70s so they're in short shorts and cute sneakers and they're just all like really cute you know <laughs> and it's like because things a lot a lot of movies i've seen from that era i mean it's all about boobs it's all about the hot chick and there were like very beautiful women in here but they weren't so it wasn't just like it wasn't about them. It wasn't about, like, their tits. It wasn't about, like, trying to get ratings from their beauty. No. And I don't think it was about the guys either, but it was just refreshing for it not to be just a, And know, it, it is funny because the, the killer's motives are specifically about sex. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. To stop sex. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, and literally the opening scene is them singing 
hallelujah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then there's so much sexual tension between them. Right. And they go and they stop playing hallelujah. And then, like, they give the guitar out. And then they go and have sex in a barn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, the movie is so, like, deliberately about sex for it to have no tits. <laughs> yeah. There was nudity. Yeah. Well, actually, there's... I don't know if there was any actual breasts no they were all in bras or pants there was a couple one time he was like uh kevin bacon was wrapped around her and she had her chest to the camera but he he held her boob with one hand yeah it's like very janet very janet (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's interesting it's it's like they knew that the i think it's because they knew that the gore was going to be very detailed in this yeah so they wanted to like improve their ratings uh by like not being full nudity right is what i'm guessing so what do you know what it's rated Pro- rated r okay yeah it was controversial there was yeah. like it w- had pretty mixed reviews uh when it came out it was either like people like rated it super high and loved it and they thought it was the cinematography great the story great the soundtrack great or it was people being like this movie promotes <laughs> extreme violence yeah (laughs) so uh it was pretty it was pretty controversial at the time for 1980 yeah um so it was rated r but i think i think it's probably that they tried to like balance it out by like not showing any breasts i don't think they needed to no i don't think i don't think it was half like a lot of the horror movies from the time period that are like full breasts out yeah you're like they could have done this in a bra and it still would have been believable. Right. <laughs> right. No, sometimes, I mean, honestly, I feel the way it is sometimes when I see movies like that, it's like that, that was the culture of Hollywood. It, at, it actually wasn't even them, but to think to be a woman, you're like, I want to be a woman and I need, I want to be a Hollywood star. So I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Like the, like <laughs> the ones that are successful blah 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 like show it all but i don't know that's depressing (laughs) yeah (laughs) did you know betty white showed her tits no yeah like when she was younger yeah okay yeah as i mean i'm down to see him now (laughs) uh yeah that's just kind of like part of old hollywood was you have to be willing to show your tits right weird and there was no like Jason did not show his tits. <laughs> <laughs> Jason almost didn't show up in this film. Um, okay, so what's what's your rating? Uh, overall, on art, on art, uh, out of ten. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh. Yeah. I give it. Um. Seven Kevin Bacon cheeks out of ten. <laughs> okay, for art. Yeah. Seven. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I that's a lot lower than I thought. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. Seven is not bad. It's not. But bad. I have I have very high standards for at for like aesthetic things. I think, for given the time period and like how it how it's done. Mm. I mean, watching it, I would give it at least, like, 9 out of 10. Okay. You're uh, valid. You're valid. 9 out of 10 uh, 
arrows through the neck. <laughs> <laughs> We're both focused on the same person right now. <laughs> Kevin Just Bacon. two different parts. <laughs> I only want to see Footloose turn into a horror movie where they literally cut off the feet of the kids to stop them dancing. <laughs> I got a <laughs> Crack. Yeah, right. <laughs> chop, chop. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. So I. Okay. Do we want to meet in the middle or? <laughs> what do you mean? Like. So that like our official rating of oh, art okay. is one. Even like. Yeah. Try okay, to let's do let's try to convince me to go lower. Okay. I'll try to convince you to go higher. Okay. So, the reason I give it a seven. Oh shit. Um, You're like, wow, I can't think of anything bad. No, I, I get the rain and the lightning, I think, are fair arguments. I mean, it's, the, it's a little bit of the rain and lightning. It's a little bit... I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've seen a lot of other movies that look very good that just makes me want to put it down a little more. In the 1980s? 80s and 70s. Okay. But, I mean, granted, they weren't this kind of horror. That's the thing. That's what sets this apart from all, all of my other references. Yeah. Is that they're like science fiction, fantasy, True. horror. But this is like a specific type of horror that, like, they those had no association with. Yeah, so. I mean, it's, it's a slasher flick, which is kind of notorious for being the opposite of artistic. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll go up one. You'll go, you'll go 8 out of 10? I'll go 8, yeah. Okay. Okay, so we'll, I'll meet in the middle. I'll meet 8 out of 10. Just okay. because because of the lightning, the rain, and then um, uh, some of the costumes were kind of like weirdly generic. <laughs> it, uh, it was like sponsored by Safi, Sophie, that like, the, the exercise brand that's like been around forever. <laughs> yeah. But they, it was all just like generic sportswear, which was kind of funny. Okay. So 8 out of 10 arrows through the neck. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so next is the story, and mm. uh, coming off of talking about special effects, um, the ending for the film mm. was suggested uh, and argued for by the special effects makeup artist, Tom Savini. Yeah, Tom Savini. The director had no intention of it ending that way. He wanted it to be a serene ending of her floating out on the lake and the police find her. Um, and that was going to be it. Um, but Tom Savini uh, argued for um, an ending where Jason comes out of the water. Mm -hmm. um, and because he thought it was really well done in Carrie, right. Ed wanted to, to carry it over. Get the joke there, carry it over. That's a, for everybody listening at home, that's a joke. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were aware uh, that I, a joke did just leave my lips. <laughs> Laughing. <laughs> Insert laugh here. Uh, <laughs> that's my... I'm just going to leave editor notes the whole time. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, that wasn't really supposed to end that way. And in fact, um, the director was really... Uh, upset that they wanted to have Jason be the killer in the first place because he his whole concept was to be like the opposite of Psycho 
he wanted like the mom he never had the what like overcaring mom that would do anything to get revenge for her child's death right like he wanted that storyline he wanted that to be the killer it it's sort of reminds me of what's that Bates movie Psycho? Oh, it's Psycho. It's Psycho. <laughs> like, it's, I just it reminds it. me of Psycho, but sort of like... It's not yeah, A different... Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. what he wanted. His yeah. intention was to do, do... Instead of the the kid pretending to be the mom, he wanted the mom pretending to be the kid. Right. So, um, yeah, his, his intention was to have a deranged mother. He never wanted it to be a supernatural being that uh, survived drowning at the age of 10. <laughs> I mean, you can you can totally tell. I mean, once you told me that, just thinking about the whole movie as a whole, it's like the way it was shot was all meant to be, like you were saying, it was just supposed to be her. But it's crazy how the, I mean, since we grew up, like, after all these, most of these movies were made, um, just the, how notorious the iconography of... Yeah, of Jason. Yeah. So... That's that's another thing. I think it's so interesting because there's been so many films past it. Everybody just associates Jason as the killer in Friday the Thirteenth, yeah. which I think is interesting because when you when the first film when the film first came out, obviously there was no Jason. Yeah. So the audience w- got this like crazy twist that this mother was the killer. Right. Nowadays, when uh, for people that haven't ever seen the series they still know of Jason and the hockey mask with a machete. So when they watch the film for the first time and they see it's Jason isn't even in it. Right. They still get that twist and surprise. So in a weird twist of fate, having it be Jason, excuse me. (laughs) I'm getting emotional. (laughs) Uh, In a weird twist of fate, having like 12 sequels of Jason being the killer, this iconic killer, uh, made the first film still shocking and surprising for audiences for all of time. Right. Uh, That's wild to me. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, okay, let's pump up aesthetics back to nine. Back to nine. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Nine arrows through the neck. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck the cheeks. Let's, let's, we're, I'm all arrow. I'm all arrow, baby. Uh, yeah. So I think I like, that's really, I think that's really, really cool. Um, and it's not intentional and obviously the director didn't want it that way, but it's, it's just interesting how that, that turned out that way. It's, it's still the twist, the main twist of the film, if anything is more of a twist now than it was when it first came out. Right. Cause then it's like, Oh, who's that? Yeah, they're like, who the fuck is Pamela Voorhees? <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, just such a good performance. I can't get over, like, everything, just her delivery of everything. Like, you were saying, like, oh, you should soundbite that, you should soundbite that. And I'm like, <laughs> well, no, I'm actually considering it. She's pretty iconic. Yeah, I have her, I have a lot of her speech memorized. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, storyline, uh, I think it's really, really good. Uh, the the twist it, it adds to it especially to not have her be shown the whole time mm-hmm. you're seeing from her perspective when she does show up it she's like clouded in mystery mm-hmm. like even when you like look at the car that picks up the hitchhiker Annie at the beginning um 
like what like looking at the car pulling up to her i don't know how they did it but it looks like a fucking ghost driver you cannot oh, yeah. see somebody in the car right the, the car looks empty i don't know if they literally i don't know how they would have done it but it literally drives up to her empty right <laughs> so i think it's just really cool they and they specifically like have the shots featured so that it only shows like legs or shoes mm-hmm. or arm and you can't tell gender from that um I would argue that you cancel gender from anything, but <laughs> uh, I think it's also really cool because I think this is the first slasher with a female killer, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it was intended to be that way. Also, she's fucking strong. She threw a body through a window, right? <laughs> and like, she not only threw a body through a window, she killed somebody in the generator room, then held him up on the door while like pile driving him with arrows into the door so he would be hanging there <laughs> right that's that's what i love too is like you see her fighting fighting i, I don't i forget her name who she's fighting this whole time because it's mainly her and that one chick um you know with the frying pan <laughs> but it's like you see you see all the, alice yeah alice you see all these ways that people are being killed and they're just like oh it must have taken incredible strength it must have taken incredible cunning to be so quiet yeah and then you just see her get hit with a a frying pan and she goes down like a sack of potatoes (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i like this whole time she's like the ultimate stealth assassin killer she's literally like under a bed while these two people are having sex and like doesn't show she picks like the most opportune time for her to like have the jump on these people yeah uh but with with alice at the end it's literally just her getting fucking beaten right (laughs) (laughs) one thing i also like is how we're talking about story right story yeah like how um throughout the whole movie people are just kind of like dying in silence like they're just dying alone with the killer and it becomes really a creepily voyeuristic and sad and almost like sad just like watching people die alone and then it just it uh, it all compounds it all grows and grows and grows and it's like there's so many dead bodies there now like like somebody's gonna discover all these things and be so horrified and then it's just one it's essentially one person that finds all of the bodies at the end at the end very last second and it was so that was just so that's one of the best parts of the movie i think yeah story wise and i think that's why the rain is so important because it muffles the the audio for for the people in the setting yeah and she even talks about that when he comes back from the generator she's like calm yeah and she's like i don't know i'm kind of worried i thought i heard a scream and you're like Okay, bitch, if you heard her scream, you would be running. But, like, it's because it's raining yeah. that you she thinks she heard a scream and right. she saw some lights get turned on. So she doesn't really know what's going on, yeah. you know? And they have no reason to have any, like, any freak out yet. They're yeah. like, oh, you know, let's go check on them. You know, if there was a scream, you know, maybe they were just fucking around. You know, they could be having sex or something. <laughs> like, let's just go make sure they're okay, I guess. Um, and so they, like, they go through the rain... And then they find the bloody axe in the bed that was left there is almost like a message. Right. <laughs> also, I, I, 
There wasn't blood on the axe. There was blood on the bed, but there was not blood on the axe. I swear there was not blood on the axe. It's not as much as there would have been if, for somebody getting their head. There is. It was if like you they go back and watch a it. red stripe on the pillow, and then it's like this clean axe. Yeah. <laughs> there is like a few drops. I. It's not as much as it should have been for sure. I'm like literally, if you watch the scene of her getting hit with the axe, half of the axe is inside right. of her head. Uh, Tom Savini, I'm calling for your resignation. <laughs> Whatever project you're working on right now. F-I-R-E-D, fired. Actually canceled. <laughs> yeah. I mean, speaking of canceling, I mean, the whole, <laughs> the whole scene of, like, the guy with the Indian, the oh. <laughs> the Native American headdress. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's still a 1980s film. I mean, the, around the 70s, they're still doing the... You know, Cher still has her headdress at this time. No, no I mean, there, there's a person on TV. Do you remember that commercial? I mean, I don't think it was in circulation at any point we were watching TV. But it's where it's this older guy. He's a I, he's a famous. He's like famous on TV to be an actor. And I don't know if he was actually native. I think he was, <laughs> but he, it's a, it's, a, it's a scene of a car going down a highway or something, and somebody throws garbage out. And he looks at it, and he looks to the camera, and he cries. And he's he's all in a Native American oh, <laughs> outfit, you know. And it's like, don't don't pollute, give a hoot, don't pollute, or whatever. Yeah. At the the next Saints Paul show is an anarchy show, and I need that playing in the background of my yeah. car. <laughs> We're doing a fuck the colonizers Thanksgiving weekend show. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh my god, for real? Yeah. <gasps> Wait, when? Uh, I'm not sure if it's the weekend before or the weekend after Thanksgiving, but it's, uh, yeah, it's like the same week as Thanksgiving and, um, we're doing literally a fuck the colonizer show. It's going to be like anarchy, punk rock. Yeah. Uh, That sounds like a lot of fun. Honestly, it sounds like fun. Yeah. I'm like, oh, do I want to (laughs) perform? Yeah. The the photo I sent you of me in that rock and roll outfit. I sent you, like, the sci-fi flower outfit and the black light, oh, and then yeah, I sent yeah. you the rock and roll outfit. Right. That was for the Anarchy show. Um, Anyways. Okay. Back to, back to the topic. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about uh, the story... That Chiba Hood's getting you, girl. Woo! You just ate Pamela Voorhees, <laughs> and she is murdering her way through your stomach. <laughs> She's like, she's like, kill him, kill him <laughs> inside me though. <laughs> kill him. Don't let him get away, mommy. <laughs> I hope that sounds rad. Yeah. <laughs> um, what were we even? Oh, the Native American. Yeah, no, it was extremely offensive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, and I mean, like, what was it? The cop going up. Also, the cop. That cop did not know how to ride a motorcycle. I'm telling you now. <laughs> they were like, we need the cop to ride a motorcycle, but we're hiring an actor that doesn't know how to ride one, but we have one. And since it's the 70s, we're just going to fucking figure this shit out. Yeah. <laughs> and so he attempted to, like, speed away, and it was so cringy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was really... I was focused on that. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, that's... It was, it's, it's an older film. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. He could have said something really terrible and mean about Native people, but it was just him. I mean, it was him making fun of, I mean, not making fun of, but it was more like, 
oh, look how silly I am. I'm acting like a native person, which is yeah. offensive in, in itself. It's like the whole thing becomes a joke. Yeah. But, I mean, it could have been a lot worse, I guess. Yeah, I, I do appreciate, like, him being a jackass is what sets up the, like, tension between him and the cop. I mean, and he's one of the first to die, no? Uh, technically, Annie's the first to die, the cook, <laughs> that oh. never even makes it to the camp. Oh, true. Uh, right. But I think he's second to die. And that's, that's something I like about the story, too, is the se- the order that they die in, the way that they were written into the story, and the, way, and the time that they die is very interesting, and it keeps the whole m- movie going on yeah. in a fascinating way. Yeah. It also didn't show him dying. Um... Oh I yeah, showed, his dead, dead body. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, same with um, the girl that uh, that he almost shot in the archery range. Yeah, you never see her die either. The lights get turned on in the archery range, and she screams. That's it. Right. Um, and then I don't think she was shot. I don't know how she actually dies when she gets thrown through the window. She just has like a rope tied around her, oh, and her right. eye is bruised. Right. Like, how did she? Because she went out there, and then it didn't show her dead and then it just showed her body in there so uh, you would assume that that the whole thing with like him almost shooting her with the bow and arrow is foreshadowing for her dying in the archery range yeah but i it never shows if she did die with bow and arrow or not so i don't don't know right unsolved mystery yeah that's we'll have to research it i bet there's like 20 theories out there (laughs) yeah i think it's also interesting that her eye is bruised (laughs) And that's weird, right? I think they just that were means like, there was a struggle, right? Yeah, the I w- think they were just like, you know, oh, we didn't show how she dies, so we don't need to spend practical. We don't need to spend the money doing the effects on this because she didn't actually die. So just, just give her, give her a bruised eye. Give her, a bruised yeah, eye. she's dead. Something simple. Dead. <laughs> yeah, I like the the implication of that is that like because there was no struggle between her and Pamela, right? Uh, uh, Are we still recording? Yeah, we're still recording. Oh my god, the top one isn't recording. No? Yeah, it is. Oh, it is. Okay. Wait, are you sure? Okay, uh, it yeah. is. I was like freaking out. Have we, oh, I thought we'd been talking for three hours. <laughs> yeah, it's 16 years. Okay, 16. I'm sorry. I freaked out. Okay, great. Okay, uh, we're restarting. <laughs> um, the implication that, like, she has this bruised eye, it, it feels like it, they're implying, especially because it didn't show any uh, struggle between them it shows it is implied that she died quickly right. it also implies that like after she died Pamela Voorhees punched her in the eye <laughs> like post-mortem right <laughs> which I think is a hilarious prospect like you just kill you like shoot somebody with a bow and arrow they're dead on the floor and then you just run over and punch them in the face <laughs> somehow I see that happening for her though <laughs> like that's wild okay uh, okay, but, like, storyline, I, I think it's really good. There's certain parts that, like, towards the middle of the film where it gets a little bit slow, but then it, it's picked up again by the deaths, mm-hmm. um, when the deaths really start, uh, and they stop doing, like, story setup. Right. I, th- I think that it's interesting in the way that horror films are filmed, and I think that's why, this is why, like, slashers are so, such a popular, um plot storyline setup of like one killer and some and the group of people getting killed off slowly throughout the film is that you have multiple climaxes of course there's like the biggest oh yeah funny haha <laughs> sex is funny i'm gay funny sex haha climax okay 
<laughs> of course, there's like the main climax at the end of the film where like the ooh the big killer showdown. Right. Um, but the whole rest of the slasher film is like story set up. Oh, we're bored. Let's kill somebody. Climax. The shorter climax. Story set up. Oh, we're bored. Kill somebody. Shorter climax. It it kind of sets up almost like multiple climaxes throughout the entire film to lead up to a larger one later on, which I think is a lot more of an interesting way to keep the audience engaged. It's like a, an easy way out to keep audience engagement. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, that's very insightful. I never would have noticed that. Wonderful input from Jordan over here. <laughs> yes, I agree. Say more insightful things. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, yeah, I think just because, like, um, from somebody that's very into, very much into, like, writing stories and creating, creating engagement, um, normally you see a very smooth arc with, like, uh, the rise and fall into the climax and and to the end. And, uh, of course, every film has a climax at a different part, and slashers traditionally, their climax is at the end. But instead of, like, having a lot of setup, it's a lot of setup cut by climaxes and then a larger one at the end. So really the main arc of the film happens at the end. All of the character progression, the like, um, the storyline, the intensity, uh, the reveal of who everybody is, like all of the main things that would normally take an entire film are all pushed to the end of a slasher. And instead the whole beginning is story set up and they just slowly kill off characters to keep interest going. Right. Um, so I think this film classically does a very good job of that. Uh, I think it's it's really fluid in the way that it does it. Like you said, killing people off slowly, like behind everyone's back. Nobody even knows that people are dying. Um, is just really good I, compared to like other slasher films. It kind of makes the film a lot more of the film climax because uh, they're being killed off and chased at the same time, right? They know the killer's coming. So they're the whole time, the whole movie is supposed to be filled with this like suspense that only a climax is supposed to have. Mm-hmm. This film very specifically is constant rise and falls because you're go you're literally going from watching somebody get brutally murdered to just friends hanging out playing stripper monopoly like right <laughs> so i i that that dynamic is really interesting to me in the way that they have that set up agreed no i like i mean it's now that you mentioned the the whole ending like the very very ending being like an added on sort of thing thinking of it as a whole i'm like it just totally makes sense and would be just the perfect movie if it's literally without the end part yeah i mean i like the end part but the end part feels like it was it's it, it almost feels it's disjointed in a way that it feels like the studio going like poke poke yeah we want to make a sequel can you put that in there please yeah uh <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> um and who knows whether it was or not. We just know that Tom Savini pushed for that that concept. Um, but it could have been that the, the studio was like, we want an ending. And the director was like, well, I don't want to give it to them. And Tom Savini was like, well, what if we did it this way? And he's like, I guess that sort of works. You know? <laughs> I mean, at least it wasn't like him fully realized coming out of the water. And it was just like, <clears throat> at least what they had mentioned in the story, in the script itself. Yeah. Also, like, 
now we're getting into the sequels a little bit. Yeah, I've, 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 well, I, I don't mind talking a little bit. Okay. I'm just like, giving a forewarning okay. that I'm going to talk about the sequels a little bit. Um, I, don't, I haven't seen the second one. I don't think I've seen the second one. I've seen every single sequel at least twice. Okay, cool. <laughs> Some of them a lot more than that. Cool. Uh, let me just say, it doesn't get good again until part six. <laughs> six? Six. Oh I'm my God. not even exaggerating. Part two is, like, sort of good. It's about, like, half of what par- part one was. Yeah. And then uh, after that, it's pretty much dog shit until part six. Wow. <laughs> and then it's dog shit again. <laughs> what, what is part six called? Uh, Jason Lives. Oh, okay. Do you know what year that is? Oh, you're really testing my trivia. <laughs> right. Now let me go to Google. I'm just, I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, I really didn't... It Like, it's good, and I enjoy it all. Uh, part 6 was filmed in 1986. Oh, wow. They, they, wow. They came out with a lot of movies in that span of time. <laughs> yeah, they really, like, they really try to come out with, like, one a year or one every two years but also until, 86. like, 2000s. I mean, the 80s are, like, <laughs> such a good era for movies but 85 85 84 is like some of the most iconic movies ever to be made mm-hmm. and so like no wonder the one from 86 is probably is really good because like movies at that time were just like so stellar here's like the two main reasons i think that part six was good again okay um is that one it's them the camp is reopened oh okay finally yeah. part two and part six the camp is reopened okay all of the rest of the films are like adjacent to camp crystal lake <laughs> they're like they mention it in the story but they'd never go there yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of people with uh a lot of rich people with cabins next oh, to the lake oh. or near the lake okay it's a lot of that uh part gotcha. two so part two is like uh at a camp right next to Camp Crystal Lake is opened, but it's not a traditional summer camp. It's um, a camp uh, school right. uh, training facility. So they train camp counselors there. So there's never any kids supposed to be there. It's it's them training a bunch like a large group of teens, and that that there's a lot that happens in part two. Um, it's pretty good. There's um, a guy in a wheelchair that that dies one of the camp counselors is in a wheelchair it's really good of him like he gets hit with a machete in the face and the machete goes halfway through his face and then he with the projection of him being hit from the front he's his wheelchair is thrown down a huge flight of stairs oh my god <laughs> it's wild oh, part so two is it's wild like the momentum of the blade yeah oh the momentum god. of the blade hitting his head moves him in the wheelchair down a flight of stairs and it's it's literally a shot of a dummy in the wheelchair being thrashed down the stairs <laughs> with a machete in its face. Oh my god, mood. <laughs> it's, it's Part two is wild. Um, they do show tits in part two. Okay. Um, Jason comes back and he's a full-grown man now. Uh, the hockey mask is not a thing until part three. So one thing that I think... Uh, the the huge iconography, the, what you think of when you think of Friday the 13th mm-hmm. is the hockey mask... Mm-hmm. That was because the production companies that are putting this together are like, well, 
Michael is selling masks on Halloween. Leatherface is selling masks on Halloween. We have a series just as good as them. Why don't we have masks selling on Halloween? We don't have a killer with a mask. So the, the part two, he just has a burlap sack over his head because uh, he's deformed. Um, and then in part three is when he finally gets the hockey mask. And let me tell you, part three is purely made to to introduce the mask. The mask. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's not like it's so like offhand that he gets the mask. It's like oh, I found it on the floor. Like that's literally what it is. It's like him finding it on the floor. But the entire film is so poorly made. Right. Like these characters are really just thrown in there to get to die, and Jason isn't well put in there. It's purely about him finding the mask. We should totally have a movie night that's like all productions that were just solely to sell shit like <laughs> like this like just the mask or like i mean it, maybe chucky's probably not like that i feel like maybe there is probably a movie of chucky where they're like pushing this certain kind of doll but i don't know i know exactly what you mean where there's just like a catalyst for selling yeah <laughs> yeah what, what, could you imagine him in in like a different mask or or like i bet they show his face probably uh do they show his face ever like he yeah. said he's deformed yeah they show his face in part two could, could well they you, showed his face in part one technically could you imagine him in a different mask like a, if i had it my way yeah yeah yeah, yeah if yeah. i had it my way they would they should have stuck to the burlap sack yeah I think so. <laughs> I think it's way more fitting. Because then you could, even even if you want to modernize it, you could, like, make the burlap, like, m- m- more like his skin texture. You know, it's like f- it's like bonding with his skin. All yeah, nasty. I would love, like, in part two, the, the burlap is pretty clean. Yeah. Um, and there's just, like, a hole cut out for one eye. I would have liked to see the, the, the burlap sack slowly degrade. Like, it gets yeah. stains and blood stains, and it's ripping apart, and, like, certain bits are falling off. Right. and you know and he tries to get like replacements and they don't fit right and things like that um but it's it's yeah i i would have preferred if they kept the the burlap sack yeah the other thing that's so weird about the burlap sack compared to the hockey mask is the hockey mask shows more of his like head Mm -hmm. and his surrounding face so you see he's deformed right away yeah and the burlap sack his entire head is covered 100 percent of the time and Mm. it's all you see is the one eye peeking out. Yeah. And the one eye that is peeking out is completely normal. Oh, oh So okay. it's like, it's not like, oh, this is like a weird fucked up person. It's right. like, oh, this is just a really tall person. Right. Um, with a machete. <laughs> That's also cool too. Like that idea of having your mask be a burlap sack when you're also this really... I don't know if this is the right word, but voyeuristic person where you're like spying on people and hunting people all yeah. the time with just this one, the one eye hole. It just it's, is cool. It's cool honestly, idea. to me, the imagery, the close up shots of him like peeping out of the burlap sack is a lot more iconic in my mem- ingrained in my memory than anything with the hockey mask. Yeah. Um, and of course, the hockey mask is cool, but like it's not. It's just not to the same caliber and intensity as I felt like the burlap sack was. Right. And the burlap sack, to me, calls more to the trueness of the, the horror character. Just a, f- a couple more things about the, the sequels. 
<laughs> Please. Further down. You're like our Necronomicon of Friday the 13th. <laughs> I love this series. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them are dog shit, and I still love this series. Um, yeah, so part six was really good because they're reopening the camp again. And this one, for the first time, this is the very first Friday the 13th where the camp opens and has children in it. Oh, okay. So you also have this added dynamic of the camp counselors just trying to protect the kids. Yeah. Um, and like the kids getting freaked out and being like, I saw a monster. And like, there's like that cool element to it. Right. Also, all the camp counselors are extreme caricatures. Of, oh, I love that. I know. I love it too. <laughs> they're, they're like really, you, they're really caricatures of like, oh, he's the bad boy. Right. And the like, nerd. yeah. And I, I, I think it adds a lot of like fun to the film. Um, and there's like cool scenes of like the, the lake being burnt on fire. And there's, there's a lot of cool scenes in it. Um, and it, you can tell like a lot of effort was put into it. Um, compared to the other ones, uh, <laughs> there was one of them. I can't remember. It's seven or eight. I want to say, uh, and it's it's absolutely. They don't say it. They'll never say it, ever. <laughs> Nobody involved with the film will ever say it. Say but it, mommy. It's literally Jason versus Carrie. Um. <laughs> oh my god. It's wild. So there's another person in it trying to defeat him, and she's like telepathic. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so random. It had, that has to be like late eighties. Yeah. yeah. And she's literally like a like a blonde chick that with like big eyes that yeah. like you can tell she she has like a troubled past and her she has problems with like her dad's death and her mom is like weirdly controlling. And uh, so, like, the, the setup is that it's this uh, this girl with psychic powers, her psychiatrist and her mom, and they go out to their dad's cabin in the woods near Camp Crystal Lake to, uh, to try and find some, like, therapy for her coming to terms with her dad's death, because she killed her dad in a psychic fit when she was younger. Uh... <laughs> And, but the real story is that the psychic, the the psychiatrist is actually secretly trying to like trigger her abilities by putting her in a scenario where she's more emotional, and she ends up like wanting to defend herself and freeze Jason from the lake with her psychic abilities, thinking it's her dad, her yeah, and it's wild. That just sounds... It's absurd. The movie is extremely boring. <laughs> Believe it or not, right. it's extremely boring. Uh, the characters in it are so weird. There's, like, a group of teens next door partying for the spring break, and there's, like, twins that want to have sex with people, and, like, the nerd who is extremely hot is supposed to be, like, an, an absolute loser, and he's, like, one of the hottest people there it's so weird and then like the really the hottest person there is not interested in any of the beautiful women that are throwing themselves at him <laughs> he's only interested in the weird fucked up psychic next door and when she reveals that she is actually a deranged person he's like oh i want to have sex with you so bad <laughs> it's so weird no, I, I, I think see it. that one out of all of them stands out to me as like why did you feel the need to make this? <laughs> like, I don't... Like, somebody really just watched Carrie and was like, what if Jason was there? Right. 
hear me out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. Um, and then the director doesn't come back to the sequels until Jason goes to hell. Mm. Um, which was fun. Oh, part ten, I want to say it was, was uh, Jason goes to New York. Uh, Jason takes Manhattan for a New Yorker anymore. (laughs) It's like what to New York? Yeah, he hitches a ride. It's wild. (laughs) He somebody's on the lake on Camp Crystal Lake in like a boat, and he kills them, steals the boat, takes the boat to a bigger boat that is taking a group of college students on a field trip to New York. Oh, on like a cruise ship. Okay, like a small cruise ship, and there's like prom dance room setting and it's it's wild do and you the like most, that one uh out of the sequels it's one of the better ones okay. it's towards like it's almost on par with part two okay so it's it's like less than half of what the first film was and it was uh it was wild it was really wild <laughs> it was a wild trip there's definitely some really cool scenes from it of like jason being like alone on the prom floor <laughs> In this giant boat. That's and so iconic. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, when they get to New York, it's, like, such a weird... It's, like, the same alleyway decorated shittily five times. <laughs> uh, that's all of all they see of New York. It's it's so it's so weird. I, I don't know, like... All of the sequels are just straight up, like, people just trying to think of something to revamp the series. Right. Don't even get, get me started on Jason X. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I really... I want to see you direct N produce a uh, Friday the 13th version um yeah I don't know here's the thing is I think I don't think it should have been a series right right (laughs) that the original one is just period I think the original one was meant to be a standalone film and it should be a standalone film so I really like how it was done okay scratch that I want to see you do a reenactment of the first movie where you play three characters you would play Pamela the mom Marquise. yeah <laughs> uh, the nerdy ca- uh, camp uh, counselor yeah <laughs> the you... one that's like correcting everybody the whole time right 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 yeah and then also the diner chick <laughs> yeah that... <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> um okay we went over audio, can I also visual... Can I also say, Freddy okay. versus Jason, someone called for. <laughs> I, I never, I think I saw, like, a clip from it, and I was like, this is hysterical, and I can't watch this. Like, this is actually funny, and okay. I can't watch this. And what what hurts me about it is that everyone I talk to, like, like, oh my god, I love Friday the 13th, and they're like, oh yeah, it's fun. I'm like, have you, what have you seen out of the series? And they're like, oh, I've only seen Freddy versus Jason. I know so many people that have only seen Freddy vs. Jason. Oh my gosh. The <laughs> basics, I'm praying for them. <laughs> and they love it. No, no, no. I knew of it, but... I mean, I was always... I was... Because that movie's, like, more our era, but I don't know what era that came out with... Or that came out. 2003, I want to say? Yeah. So that's, like, more our era, but... Or it's 2003 Jason X... I think it's Jason X. I think this was 2007. Was Freddy vs. Jason. But it's like, there's... Like, I've always been a big fan of Freddy. I mean, just like the... the 
the show, the movies. Yeah. I just love it all that it's a little humorous or whatever. Yeah, Freddie in hell calls out to Jason, who is at the bottom of the lake, and tells him to go to his town in Ohio. Oh my god. Jason, Camp Crystal Lake is in New Jersey. He tells he wakens Jason to walk to oh Ohio to kill in his hometown so they think Freddie is still alive so Freddie can come back because then they start talking about Freddie again. That is so... That's too much. <laughs> no, I'm glad I didn't see that. <laughs> but now I kind of want to watch it to see how bad it is. I... Like, they literally set it up so it looks like Freddie's hometown is, like, the hometown next to Camp Crystal Lake. Oh, okay. But, like, I would have preferred the movie more if it showed, like, a montage of Jason walking day and night right. through, like, the Midwest. I'm on my way. Country roads yeah. bring me home yeah. to the place. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted playing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, this weird montage. You see, like, the sun and night, like, right. cycling <laughs> in the sky. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah, I, like, I, I uh, cannot believe that, the, like, J- Sean S. Cunningham came back to end the series with Jason Goes to Hell. Right. And then he said, you know what? Let's make Jason X. <laughs> Let's just make it so he was cryogenically frozen and awakened in the year 2077. And then, you know what? While we're at it, Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> and none, all three of those films like, do not have they anywhere near afterwards. they were all near each other yeah for, pretty much oh my god yeah and uh <laughs> yeah the jason goes to hell was supposed to be the, the final chapter i think oh. it's literally called jason goes to hell the final chapter all three of those films very poorly made yeah in comparison to sean s cunningham who made the masterpiece of the first film then went on to end the series with pure camp bullshit (laughs) (laughs) right yeah it's wild i'm done talking about sequels now i think (laughs) just when you thought it was safe to go outside bam the sequel (laughs) it's a story uh (laughs) (laughs) wait that's what we were talking about right yeah we haven't rated story do we okay story do we have anything else to add about storyline it's not like a, it's not like a strong storyline. It's a, it's a, it's all a setup to watch people die. So, but the way that it's laid out, I think, was very written, very smart. Yeah, I think it wasn't, um, because usually with slasher movies, a lot of the time it just it really does boil down to aesthetics and mm-hmm. like unless they're like building up emotions about the character that's dying, but. With this one, the way that it was written just keeps you in complete suspense the the whole time, pretty much. So, I don't... I would give it, personally... Um, no, you, what would you give it? I want to hear you, because I went first last time. <laughs> Story-wise? What would you give the story? Mm, it is a really well-written story. Just, it is a slasher film, so there isn't much of a story. There shouldn't be. Which it's right for that. So, uh, maybe, story narrative, you know, it's the whole telling of everything. Yeah, I yeah. have mixed feelings because it's really well done, Okay, but also it's a slasher film and there yeah. isn't much of one. Right. 
<laughs> but there was no need to have much of one. That's my problem. Uh, so probably like, uh, seven out of ten cops that can't ride a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, seven. Yeah, seven. Honestly, I'd give it. I'd give it a. I'd give it eight kill her mommies. <laughs> kill her mommy. Kill her mommy. <laughs> you said eight? Yeah, eight. Yeah. Wow, I thought you would go lower. No, I just love I love that the mom is the one killing everybody and that it's it, there's this whole the whole lore of this the the kid that or the everybody everybody in the town believes it's cursed or whatever even the the madman or whatever is talking about it and i don't know it's just a good i i just think it all is set up really well and then for her to be acting so good as the mom the main i mean i would i would say she's the main yeah it's like not even about really the son until mm-hmm. the very end so i just think I just, I just love that idea that it's yeah. her. Well, I'll defer to you. Okay. <laughs> Not my joke. Sexy Beast podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> we'll do eight out of ten. Right. I, I think we're eight out of ten on both now. <laughs> yeah, we are. Eight, eight, eight. Well. Eight, eight, eight. Oh, right. We haven't gotten the last one. I'm like, oh, did I just... Spoilers. No, just kidding. <laughs> we, yeah. don't, we don't even know. I don't even know what the next category is. Next category is characters. Okay. What category are we on right now? Oh, I don't know. What the fucking category are we on right now? <laughs> what category? What category are we on right now? Um, Characters. I love Pamela Voorhees yeah. with all of my heart. <laughs> I mean... Just such a stellar performance, the face acting, the emotions. Like, the there was a part when you were, like, reciting all of her lines, and the, <laughs> the, she's having this dot, this monologue to, what's her name, in the, Alice. in the entry doorway or whatever, when she sees the body, and she's just like, oh, it's like as if nobody's there, and she's just fucking acting her heart out, and I'm yeah. like, this is what I needed. This is what this movie yeah. needs. The way she, like, leans up against the doorway yeah. dramatically, yeah. puts their hand on her head, so young, too, and then bites her finger, yeah. and then goes into this monologue about Jason. I'm just so obsessed with her and how iconic she is, and you could tell that her character was made with so much love and all of the intent of having a truly psychotic killer. Yeah. Uh, which is why it's so weird to say that Jason is the killer to me. Right. I agree. Because <laughs> it's it's Pamela Voorhees. It's the mom. It's the mom that was so fucking upset that her kid got killed because the camp counselors were having sex and yeah. she wants revenge. Right. Bon appetit. <laughs> like it's and the setup is great. Her character is great. Her the acting was phenomenal on her part. The cl- extreme close-ups of her yeah, face and her that's mouth. What I was gonna say, yeah. I'm just it's eerie. It's crazy. And like that can be, that's such that can be so cheese cheesy of that era. Like 
close up echoey that like they're fade all gonna out. laugh at you you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Help me. but the way that she did it it's just like that her face acting was just so intense so the close-ups were just like really fun to watch yeah not to mention well done and then the audio amped it up a little and it actually reminds me in um the exorcist the original makeup for um regan possessed is that that image of like the white around the eyes and the mouth and then like the blacked out like skeleton almost face all right um and like black around the eyes and um it was not what they the director like really wanted so that's why they ended up changing regan's uh makeup to be more realistic and gruesome Mm -hmm. But he loved the imagery of it so much that he still put it in the beginning of the film as, like, a, uh, almost, like, foreshadowing of what the demon was. Right. Um, Pazuzu. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so I, I, like, the, this close-up, like, haunting imagery of these eyes wide open and this mouth, like, uh, insanely wide open reminds me of, like, the haunting image of, like, the, the, like theory craft makeup for the exorcist oh yeah i mean she's she i don't know how old she was in this but she was a little bit older okay she had a very characteristic she's definitely like a vintage hollywood starlet so (laughs) i mean like her teeth are very big and her eyes were very big as well yeah and so just to see her i don't know just like the whole close-up it and then like for it to also like she's like almost channeling (laughs) jason so it's kind of also a little bit funny it feels on par with um i think of like when i think of really good horror killer actors Mm. i think of like the intensity that carrie brought to her role and i feel like pamela Voorhees was almost on par with something like that oh yeah where it's just like super intense straight in the camera and like no fear her monologue was like a little campy but it was so dramatic that it was believable at the same time (laughs) you know what it, it feels like the director it feels like with the best parts of her performance it feels like they probably did it maybe more than one time and and the director was like they were like okay action and then she did it and then he's like i need you to just give it your all like don't hold anything back and then she just kept building and building and then (laughs) the final thing was like the yeah the gold that we saw, the bottom, the monologue and whatever. If you were at home making fun of yourself reading this monologue, how would it look like? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, it's, and it's her dramatically leaning up against yeah. the door and, like, like, biting her teeth and, like, looking scarily into the camera and, like, being super, like, well, give us Jason's voice. Yeah. Like, no, give us Jason's voice. Yeah. Help me! You know, like, yeah. and just, like, uh, the the intensity and like the super dramaticness of it is just like so good to me and it, it's it makes it feel because if you were watching this and she it was like a serious monologue from a regular character like she wasn't mm-hmm. a psychotic killer you'd be like this is bad acting this is a bad director but because she is a psychotic killer and she's delivering it so well her being overly dramatic sold it that she was psychotic. Yeah, totally. It sold that she was literally deranged. Right. 
So I yeah, I'm I'm obsessed with Pamela Voorhees. I'm just obsessed with her. And it really does take a special actor to to act deranged. I mean, it could be it become it can become so taxing to watch. Yeah. And and cringy sometimes to be like in the psyche of a person whether it be the director or the actor uh, uh just being like what they think deranged is and it's like whatever she was delivering was just gold. So in I'm bringing up the sequel again. Okay. Uh, in <laughs> in part two, uh, Jason has a shrine to his mother, mm. um, and it has her gray sweater on the shrine, and then it has her severed head oh my that's God. just been sitting there rotting. I wish, in my ideal world, okay. there was no sequels, and the ultimate iconography for Jason, what's selling the merch, is just her severed head. (laughs) Oh my god. That'd be so cool. That'd be so brutal. That's so cool. I want a t-shirt with Pamela Voorhees' severed head I mean, because you could could also go out on Halloween as just put the shoulders above your head and the neck (laughs) stump and then you look through the chest and you could be... uh, what what's her actual name in the movie? Pamela Voorhees. Pamela Voorhees. You could be Pamela Voorhees carrying around the head. You know? That would be cute. You could even like. I mean, it's a simple Halloween costume to just be Pamela Voorhees. You yeah. just get like a short curly grandma wig, and then you put like a gray sweater on, blue yeah. jeans, and you carry around a knife. You know, get a mommy, and then just keep saying, "Get killer mommy, killer mommy, killer." <laughs> Don't let her get away. <laughs> I won't, Jason. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be pretty cool if, if she was like the icon of the movie. Yeah, this older, deranged woman. I I have like mixed feelings because it's part of what makes the first film so good for people that are watching it for the first time, even nowadays, is that yeah. she's the killer, and that's still being a twist. Um, but the other, on the other hand. Like, I feel like she doesn't get enough credit, and that upsets me. (laughs) Like, the director uh, intended for her to be the killer. Right. Like, this is is the deranged mother getting revenge for her son. Like, this is the killer of the Friday the 13th franchise. True. Um, So it's, like, weird. And then, like, in the sequels, all of a sudden, they're not even saying, like, oh, Jason's a supernatural being living under the water. Really, the supernaturalness of it doesn't come into, like, a couple films down the line. <laughs> wow. Uh, but uh, in, like, the second film, they're, like... They, there's, like, a rumor around town that he didn't drown that day, that he washed up on the shore and woke up and didn't know how to get home, and now he's a full-grown man and has lived his whole life in the woods. And that he saw his mother get beheaded that day, and he wants revenge. That's that he's like basically um, like a hillbilly in the woods kind of <laughs> kind of storyline. That's where like they're saying Jason comes from in the later films. Uh, so it's it's like they did a weird supernatural ending to this film just to like change who the killer is. Yeah. And it's I don't know. It's weird to me. It just feels all unauthentic to have this hockey mask killer be Friday the Thirteenth. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a super fan of Friday the Thirteenth here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I live, I live for it, and now I'm fully expecting you to do a Pamela Voorhees look. Look, what's funny is she got beheaded in part yeah. two. Her head is beheaded in part three. At the end, 
um, the girl gets pulled into the lake off the boat by Pamela Voorhees, fully back together, looking like Jason. <laughs> oh my god! All bloated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, yeah. So that and look. <laughs> and then after that, she's pretty much not in any of them again mm. until um, I think in part four. Resurrection. Uh, just <laughs> just... That is one of the names. Um, oh my god! <laughs> I think so. I, th- uh, I think that's one of the names. Um, one of the no in part. Oh, never mind. I'm thinking part two. Never mind. Uh, one of the girls puts on her sweater and pretends to be her, and Jason gets tricked oh. and thinking it's his mom. Oh, in part two. But in that's like, cool. I want to say like part four or five. Um, there's a little boy that is into making I think it's part four and then part five is him older Tommy Jarvis Mm. Uh, he Tommy Jarvis ends up being like the iconic survivor of the series Mm. Uh, and he's first introduced in part four and he uh, is into making Halloween masks oh and he at the end uh, when his sister's literally like being brutally murdered by Jason instead of helping her he's in the mirror shaving his head and putting like black makeup around his eyes so he can look like Jason after he got drowned oh my god and he goes back and pretends to be Jason drowned and Jason gets tricked thinking he's looking at a younger image of himself and doesn't kill him and then the sister comes and murders him yeah (laughs) the sister murders the brother no murders Jason okay (laughs) Yeah, I was thought maybe he she thought he was actually Jason. Yeah, so she's like, oh my god. Whoa. And then Tommy Jarvis is in from like part. He's in introduced in part four, and then he's in part five, six, seven, and maybe eight. Mm. He no not not eight. I think eight's the Carrie one. I think he's in part seven though. He's in like quite a few of the films, and he's like he's like he becomes like the vampire hunter. He becomes oh. the 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 one to hunt down Jason right every time he comes back like he's gonna come back I have to go find him right. yeah like the priest from the Freddy movies no there's the detective no he's the detective mm. he's in all the Freddy movies or yeah whatever, and he's just mysteriously spouting off dialogue <laughs> I do think it's funny though this is just weird weird tie in um in part four, Tommy Jarvis, the young, the the actor that plays the young kid, mm-hmm. after that went to go play the young vampire hunter in The Lost Boys. Oh, that but, is funny. <laughs> and then the Tommy Jarvis character went on to become Jason's uh, hunter. Oh, weird. So <laughs> weird uh, correlation there, but right. um, yeah. What were we talking about? Characters. Characters, <laughs> right? I think everybody else in this film are fairly shallow. Yeah. I would say so. I didn't, I didn't, nobody really stood out to me emotionally or like. Just yeah. a lot of shirtless guys. Yeah. Uh, there's like, of course, the, 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 the class clown. Oh, the. He's, he's probably the only other character that has a big enough personality to notice him. He was the one that died in the bed. No, you're thinking of, um, I'm thinking, no, you're okay. thinking of Kevin Bacon. No, no. The guy above the bed. Oh, yes, 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 oh, yes. Okay. The one in the, the weird knockoff Dolphins jersey. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. short king. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's, like, the only, he's the only other one with, like, a big enough personality to stand out a lot. Yeah. Everybody else is pretty average. Um, 
there's like the nerdy girl but it's like barely even said that she's like a nerdy like it's literally just her being like referencing things or correcting somebody every occasionally it's not like super solid at all it's not like a weird performance at all it's it, everybody else in the film is like pretty much one note right um and that's that's why I except like, for the diner lady she's oh. she's amazing <laughs> no like at the end where everything starts to unravel and that character that's like discovering all the bodies it's like she start has she i mean okay there was one point where I was like, okay, this is a little... I don't know what's going on here. I don't know if she's not acting really well or if the camera is off. I don't know what's going on. But where she first sees the body and she's like, oh, 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 <laughs> and she's in the kitchen and she's like kind of screaming but kind of just like still shook. She already saw her dead boyfriend, you know? Yeah, she's weeping in shock. Yeah, and she's just like slowly trying to go around... I don't know. It was a weird, it was weird delivery to me. But then everything else after that, I was like, she's really she really served it. I yeah, she it did she did good. a good job of her. She was a good scream queen for sure. Right. Um, there was definitely uh, I liked when she first found the first dead body yeah. and went back yeah. in. She's equally smart and dumb. <laughs> right. Oh my god. Right. So one it's like what if he's in there? Yeah. So one <laughs> thing she didn't check the the, the cabin at all. Um, two, the door opens outwards. It doesn't open inwards into the cabin. It opens outwards to the outside. Yeah. So when she goes in, she's smart. She grabs a rope. She ties it from the roof to the doorknob so that it can't open out. And then she's dumb because she starts piling oh a God. bunch of stuff on top of the door, <laughs> but the door opens out. So even if somehow that rope got severed, the killer comes over, opens the door, there's just, just going to be stuff. It's not blocking anything. Right. It's just going to be a couple things on the floor. And then she's smart because she goes to the kitchen and grabs weapons. She grabs a baseball bat. She grabs, like, a, a meat fork. Um, and she's ready, at, at, willing to go. And then the body gets thrown through the window and everything's out the door for her smartness for right. a while. <laughs> she drops her weapons, yeah. slowly crawls across yeah. the floor. Then she sees a car. She immediately thinks she saves, throwing everything out of, from the doorway, undoing all of her protections. She runs for the car. It's not him. It's some complete stranger. And she's like, oh, you're safe now. And she's like, oh, I am safe. Right. <laughs> and honestly, like, in in tune with everything else in the film, if it was realistically, Pamela Voorhees would have killed her right then. Yeah. She would have pulled out a knife and just stabbed her in the back. Right. Like, that, realistically, the way that Pamela Voorhees had been killing up to that point, that is where she, that's where Alice would have died. Right. <laughs> I mean, well, also, nobody has been, I mean, so far, ever, no, well, I guess there have been some people that have been like, ah! or like, like the chick in the woods. But there haven't been many people that were, like, super hyper-aware screaming. Yeah. It was just Annie w yeah. with the jumping out from hitchhiking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was really the only one. Everybody else was, like, short brief or didn't even know they were dying. Right. Um, <laughs> so out of, a, out of a film with, like, what, like, 12 characters, maybe? Yeah. Including, like, the extras... Oh, let's talk about Ralph. Can we talk about Ralph? Which one's Ralph? 
<laughs> he's the deranged city folk. That, oh yeah, yeah. That like the 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 old man at the beginning that's warning the right. the campers that they're all you're gonna die up uh, there. He looks crazy. <laughs> I love him. No, no, he's great. Uh, he, yeah, he's probably the only other character with like a big enough personality to note. Um, and it's he's not that great of an actor. Yeah. Um, but he's a shorter part, so it doesn't really matter as much. Um, but he's like a little a little much for me at some parts. I think like there's I think he's a little overacty. Yeah. Uh well, well, so that trope is very in every horror movie ever. Now, yeah. Don't go down that road down there. Have you seen Cabin in the Woods? <laughs> uh the modern horror movie? Yeah. 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 Okay. The do you remember the whole premise? No. Well, I remember the premise, like what happens to them, but like I don't that, remember the characters. That it's a secret. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. So like the whole secret government facility, they're setting. They have people staged and things staged so that they have to go through every horror movie trope right. while they're there. And they starts off with them meeting the old man at the gas station. Oh yeah. I thought he played that role right. Oh okay. The okay. soothsayer, the yeah. old soothsayer that warns them. He did it right. There was range to his character. Yeah. He was just fucking annoyed that they were there. Yeah. He's like, oh, you don't want to go that way. Yeah, you're going to die up there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to go that way. (laughs) Yeah. Only bad stuff happens up there. Yeah. By the will of God, you die. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that. That to me is the character that should be playing that. And then, like later, he because he really feels like <laughs> his character has so much range that he really feels like he's truly doing God's work. Right. Uh. So like, he him being so annoyed and like rude that they're there filling up gas and that they're going to that house to later on calling in to the to the government facility downstairs and being like. The lambs are in for the slaughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the the dynamics of that character are so good to me. Right. Like and Ralph instead in this film is just that's camp blood. You're gonna die. The right. will of God says you're dead. Like that's just it's a little a little high note. Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. I wanted a little more range. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, what if he came in at another time and gave us range? Where would he come in at? Well, he was in, he was in it twice because he yeah. was in the beginning telling Annie, and then he came out of the closet, ki- the kitchen closet, <laughs> being like saying a, a like a, a psalm, and then yeah. <laughs> and then talks about Jason and leaves. Um, but uh, I could have seen him coming in right at the end, mm. following the police on his bike. Oh, like, uh, <laughs> like you, she's on the lake yeah. and then like she hazily looks over to the shore and there's yeah. a guy riding a bike <laughs> yeah. and then he like drops the bike and like stands up and just points at her yeah. with his like ma- his mouth open and right. then the police show up. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that would be iconic actually. <laughs> uh, in part two, I think he is a part of the deaths. He goes mm. there to warn them and he dies trying to warn them. Um, same actor? Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, that's cool. I love that. <laughs> I love that for is him. Is Pamela... In, in, oh, wait, no. She died. Well, oh, wait, she is in the other movies. <laughs> <laughs> She's in part two and part that three. That was such a... That was such a, like... 
oh, but she dies in this movie. Oh, but you just told me she came back. and <laughs> But then she might be in space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's actually the killer in Jason X. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's not, not a true fact. I, if you haven't seen Jason X, that is not true. <laughs> it very may well not be. <laughs> she's She never it kills again. In the in the Friday the Thirteenth series, she never kills again, which is depressing. Because she is the main character. She's boom boom gun. Yeah, <laughs> she is what set off the whole series. The whole series was literally Sean S. Cunningham watching Halloween and being like, "I love this premise and the setup. <laughs> Let's do the opposite of Psycho with the same setup and put him on a camp." Right. Oh shit! We need a mask. We'll put it in the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you, what was what's your rating for characters? Uh, character. Do you want me to go? Yeah, you go. It's it's a mixed bag because Pamela is yeah, right. literally oh, no. one of the best characters ever made, but at the same time, the rest of them are really shallow. <laughs> right. and very one note. So I'm gonna go ahead and say, very um middle of the road uh five out of ten sooths old man soothsayers right. i was gonna get it give it five non-bloody axes out of ten <laughs> okay so we're both at fives yeah, yeah yeah okay great so that's let me where's my calculator <laughs> i could literally count this in my head and i don't want to when you're asking somebody who graduated with an art degree <laughs> to do math <laughs> it's not gonna happen <laughs> what's like the max I guess 30 right what the max that a uh, film can get is 30 oh because it's 10 10 10 oh yeah 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 so that leaves Friday the 13th with a grand total of 21 out of 30 that's pretty good yeah 21 out of 30 21 out of 30 triskaidekaphobias yes which for those 21 out of 30 sequels fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah this i think it goes to part 12 and then and then it's jason goes to hell and then it's jason x and then it's freddy Freddy versus jason oh my god when we're like old grandmas we're gonna they're gonna be redoing these movies Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be totally disconnected from what we're even talking about it's gonna be like about some future fucking war. <laughs> I'm saying it now. This is a Mark really my weird words. tangent of yours. What? This is a really weird tangent of yours. <laughs> Where no, is this coming I always, from? I always think of that, like, like all the historic, iconic stuff um, that we love. Like how it's gonna be redone, revamped, abused in the future. So in 20... Ooh, I could be getting this wrong. 2009, 2010, 2011, mm. uh, Friday the 13th got a, a remake of the mm. f- original franchise. Uh-huh. Um, let me look it up because I want to get this year right. Friday the 13th. Friday... <coughs> <coughs> 2009. Oh, okay. I was right the first time. It was an official remake. It was an official remake of Friday the 13th. Not the same director. Yeah. And it, it features the actor that plays uh, Sam in Supernatural. Oh, no. Sam Winchester. Great. 
Yeah. Supernatural. Right. Well, yeah. you're missing out, okay. buddy. Let me tell you, 12 seasons of the best night time of your life. I actually think... Wait, is that about vampires? Vampires are in it. Are they in the first episode? Uh, that's... The first episode... No, the first episode, I think, is about a demon. Okay, I'm thinking of... Because I started watching a different series when I was I on a date with somebody, that. and it was about vampires. It was, like, about gay vampires. Uh, was... <laughs> was it, um... Was it, uh, What We Do in the Shadows? No. <laughs> it was, like, early 2000s. It has the girl that pl- that plays in X-Men with the gap. Mystique? No, not Mystique. The one with the white hair, or she has the white streak. Rogue? She, yeah, yeah. Are you talking about oh, Vampire Diaries? Oh, yeah, maybe it is that. Are you even talking about Vampire Diaries? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not supernatural okay. at all. Okay. <laughs> well, both. <laughs> Over my head. Let me let me say now, if for you to get into supernatural now is probably a waste of your time. Okay. <laughs> it's a very long-winded series about how many times these two brothers can end the apocalypse. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that's true. I'll, I'll stick to it's a re- rewatching me, horror movies. It's a really, really good series. Yeah. It really is fantastic, but it is a lot. A huge chunk of your life. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like Dynasty. Yeah, it's really good though. Uh, if you do watch it, I don't. I don't say don't watch it, but I'm saying like I wouldn't watch it at this point in my life. Right. Maybe later down the line, if I'm bored and I really have nothing else to watch, I would, I would start watching it again. Anyways, um, Friday the 13th was revamped, 2009. Mm. Only one film was made. Mm. Um, they edited some of the story. Starts off really bad. Like, really, really bad. Yeah, like a joke. Like, this can't yeah. be real. Yeah. It, it gets... Oh. It gets good about like a little past halfway mm-hmm. when Jason's actually there and they're really getting to the heat of him killing people and they're running from him and all that actually gets pretty good. Um, but before that, it's like wilds. It's it's super beef, like just not just yeah. not good. <laughs> it just really isn't good. Yeah. Um just while we're on the topic of slasher okay. sequels, okay. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right. Why was the second film a, a weird, campy knockoff of House of a Thousand Corpses? I've only seen the first one. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're good. You're right for that. You're right. <laughs> no, but I I can totally imagine it being House of a Thousand Corpses vibes because it's an iconic movie. Yeah. But although to Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 probably came out before. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, well... I House of a Thousand Corpses is like 2003, 2005. Oh, it's that late? Yeah. Maybe then. With Dr. Satan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it, part two came out in uh, 1986. Oh. Uh, for... Um, yeah, and House of a Thousand Corpses is 2003. Oh. Spot on. I would literally give anything to be Rob Zombie's underwear. 
No, I, I love him. I love everything he does. So I love his movies. I love the music. Love the vibes. That's weird. I wonder if Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, inspired House of a Thousand Corpses. Then, possibly. There's probably something out there. It's super trippy. Yeah, I, I want to see it now to see because I love House of a Thousand Corpses. I've seen it like fucking ten times. It's a bad version of House of a Thousand Corpses. Okay. Uh, but it's really trippy. Like the visuals and stuff reminds me hard of like, the, like the colors and um, the lighting and like the setting. It's super House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, it's like somewhere between House of a Thousand Corpses and like Hills Have Eyes. Oh, okay. I see that. Yeah, which I mean, like you could make the argument that the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre is somewhere between those two as well. Right. <laughs> right. But this one is like. Stylistically, stylistically, yeah. really, House of a Thousand Corpses, so stylistic. Mm-hmm. Also, he, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, he was sort of an inefficient killer, but he was clearly just cheating them like cattle for slaughtering. And right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, he is the most inefficient killer I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he does not know how to murder somebody. <laughs> Anyways, I just. I could, because uh, mm-hmm. we're probably not going to really talk about a lot of the other slashers for a very long time if we ever do. Yeah. Um, like I f- the pop, like the f- famous slashers. Yeah, I like, like, of course we could always go back and review like Halloween and Freddy and yeah. all that, but like, um, I just don't see us doing it anytime soon. Yeah. So, maybe, like, maybe next year when yeah. Halloween comes around and we're in the slasher mood again. I'm always in the slasher mood. Yeah. I am the boom boom slasher bitch. Um, there's so much more to horror though. Like there's, so, I mean, there's so many other horror movies that aren't exactly iconic characters. And I, I just love how the slasher series became so, um, oversaturated. Right. That w- by the time scream came out, it was a parody on right, slashers. Right. Like there was this, there's this, um, famous B series horror movie called Maniac Cop mm-hmm. and has this really freaky looking guy the most bizarre person you will ever literally you will ever see I guarantee you his name's like Zah- Robert Zadar mm-hmm. and his chin do have you ever seen Family Guy mm-hmm. you know how uh, Joe he's the yeah. in the wheelchair yeah how his chin is like that yeah that is anatomy that is like literally how his anatomy the, um, is <sighs> God, what's his name? In Fairly Odd Parents, the superhero oh. with the big red chin. Crimson chin? Crim- Crimson chin, yeah. yeah. Here comes the crimson chin. Yeah, him. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's like, it's just really brutal. It's it's a slasher movie, essentially, that focuses on a cop that's just like really brutally murdering people. And so mm. it's like somebody gets pulled over, and it's just like slowly, like stabbing them to death slowly, and it's just like so. It's like stale. Like the the horror is is like, it's really just like really trying to get at your, like oh my god she's being murdered. That's the only thing that's like sad or scary about it. Yeah. But that was like the height. Hold on, I have to pull up a picture of him because you're gonna die. <laughs> Robert, what did I say? Robert Robert Zadar. Ribert. Ribert, Ribert. It's Z apostrophe D A R. Zdar. (laughs) 
Zidar. Zidar. No, but he's famous in like the. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Uh, how come I didn't know this person existed? Right. <laughs> I mean, he just looks crazy. He is wild. Yeah. So he's he plays maniac cop. I don't know why I'm going off on maniac cop. Yeah. That's we could. Cool. I mean, the the holidays are coming around. We could watch Silent Night. I haven't seen it. There is. We could also watch Krampus. There's a Silent Night from the 80s that's directed by somebody famous that that does another horror movie that I like. So maybe we could watch that one. So proposition. Okay. Um, each time we record, we go back and forth. We do oh, okay. one classic and then one modern. Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah. So this was our classic. A classic. So next we'll do a modern. Yeah. And... I'll choose the next one. Okay. <laughs> I have a suggestion for the next okay, one. Okay, wait, wait. What's your suggestion? Do you do you have I something in have, mind? I don't have one. I would have to think. Okay. I suggest Annihilation. Oh, yeah. Let's watch that. Because I've only seen it once. And I remember liking it. But I also remember watching it on edibles in San Francisco, I think. So. I'm sure that was wild. I think I don't. I don't. I remember briefly that it's about aliens and communication, but that's it. To be fair, it never says it's about aliens. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I think it's, I, I was, like, just watching a white I think wall. It, I think <laughs> it's clear that it's about aliens, yeah. but it never says it is. Okay. okay. Um, I really... I think you'll fall in love with the visuals in that film. Yeah. You, you, well, I, yeah, if we're going to review it, you'll, you'll see what I mean, but, like, I hate the beginning of it, but the visuals are so good later on, so... Cute. I think you'll I think you'll love it <coughs> I think a lot of people probably watched the film and went this is boring and I don't want to sit through this um, but they didn't stick around when it actually gets good so I mean I stuck around for Hagazusa and on the surface people would be like Did where's we- the audio <laughs> <laughs> the whole film of Hagazusa <laughs> is that though yeah, yeah. <laughs> the entire purpose of the film is to be like nothing's happening. No, exactly. No, so. I trust you. I trust. I trust. Yeah. Do we want to rate Hagazusa while we're at it? Because we never gave an official rating in the pilot. Okay, let's just do... Yeah, let's just do numbers. So, our... Uh, we don't need to do any fancy things with taglines unless you want to. No, um, no, no, no. Uh, our, I'm going to give it a... I want to go... Art. I don't, I don't want to get us into the habit of using decimals, but All I right. want to say 9.5 right. out of 10 of uh, screaming pubonic plague old women. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I really want to give it a 9.5, but I understand. I like. I feel like it. I want to give it a 9, but I. it's one of my favorite artistic films, which right. feels like 9 is offensive. <laughs> I think... Okay. I think it's deserving of a 10, in all honesty. Yeah. But the only thing that makes it an 8 for me is that... Well... There's no need for a script. (laughs) I mean, the only reason I'm thinking of giving it something lower is because it's very beautiful. The way it's shot, the way the scenes are set up. 
but also it's almost all landscape whereas I really I love movies where you really have to where where they're setting things up you know like they're they're having sets and and design choices and well there was like the church and uh but all that was there you know what I mean yeah well I think it's supposed to be a small community spread on the mountainside but so like I, I don't. Said, that's the only reason I'm giving it. Like a, realistically, although, I don't think there would be like a town square, for instance. Yeah. I think it would just be people's houses, and then like a clearing in the woods where they like meet up to sell some stuff. Which they never showed either. To be fair. And also, it's like the time. There was like nothing. It's like people don't have like exactly paintings on the wall when there's like nothing to eat. <laughs> uh, yeah, the set design was appropriate. It's it's a pretty like empty house, and what is there is just for survival. There's like nothing decorative until the skull. You know what? I'll give it a nine because now that I'm thinking of it, even. The part, like I'm, I'm saying, there's not really a whole lot of things that you're, you have to like lay out to set up the shot. Like it's all gorgeous because like the area is gorgeous. Like it's right. just such beautiful nature. But then there are some shots that are really, really fascinating. Like the, the abstract shots in the swamp, and then the, like, where he's carrying the dead bodies. That mm-hmm. whole scene is really laid out cool. Also, like, realistically she even in this society that's super small and it's spread out she is a hermit yeah so she wouldn't she doesn't want to see the town right even if there is a town she probably never goes there right so you're just seeing the film from her perspective that's key i wish it was just pov the whole time yeah (laughs) okay so so that was that was art art yeah so then uh storyline mm-hmm It's weird because it has a story and it doesn't feel the need to tell the story with scripts, but also the story's never told, so you're not really sure if there is a story, you right. know what I mean? Right. It's the story is super interpretive. Yeah. It's a little abstract. Yeah. I'm gonna vague. say maybe like six out of ten old women with a bubonic plague. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'd wait. Yeah, I think I'd give it six. Yeah. Because there is so much open to interpretation, and I guess that's a beauty in the story as well. That That is why it's above five. Yeah. Because yeah. it it does a good job at telling the story without having one. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, and then uh, characters. There isn't a lot of characters. Yeah. Uh, but the characters that are in there are so well played and, and like, so acted. And the way acted. the scripts are written, it's just like, they don't say too much they don't say too little it's perfect literally the only character i thought was a little weak was the priest and he's in there for like two seconds yeah i mean there's just not he's not much to the yeah yeah. and it's i mean if you were talking to to a priest and he was giving you a lecture it probably would be that stale anyways so (laughs) he thinks you're a witch and your mom's a witch and i think she's dead and (laughs) (laughs) yeah giving you the gift of her painted skull um (laughs) uh characters probably i think it's really well 
the characters that are in it are really well played out. So I would say like an eight out of ten old bubonic plague. Because <laughs> there's the friend. I think mm-hmm. the friend is really believable and conniving. Right. I just think they're all really. The mom is so intense. They're all acted really, really well. Yeah. I think I'd give it a nine. A nine? Yeah. I think I'd give it a nine. It's like there was no dead air moments. There was no unbelief. There was at no moment was I drawn out of the movie because of their acting. True. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'll defer to you. <laughs> um. Yeah. Nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I have to add it up. Okay. So. Oh shit! I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Yeah. You. You. Uh. Are, are, do we add all of ours together? No, because we we said the same things. Oh, okay. didn't we? I said nine, which was a little higher. I said nine on the last one. I said six. I think I agreed with everything you said, though. Yeah. Right. But I gave. What was? What did we? The first one I gave low marks. But then it went up. It was the visuals. Oh, eight. I think we said. You said nine and a half, and I said eight. Oh no, we both we both agreed on nine. Oh. Okay. You you went up to right, nine right, right, right. For, for the art. Right. So nine plus six mm-hmm. plus eight. 23 out of 30. Oh, okay. So Hagazusa got two more points than Friday the 13th. Okay. <laughs> I think they would be pretty shocked to hear only two points, but they don't <laughs> they do not comprehend our scale. <laughs> <laughs> I well I, at the end of the day it's all for fun so it doesn't yeah, really matter, yeah. but like I do I feel weird about that? No, I don't no, feel weird no, about no, that. No, no. Hagazusa is no. my favorite horror film of all time, and I'm like, should Friday the Thirteenth be oh, higher? No. <laughs> no, I mean it's all it's. We're basing it off of three things, and it doesn't like. There's a whole experience of the entire movie and how you feel after it and during it, so that you can't really put in any kind of system or. Mm-hmm describe and that's how it is like for aliens for me the whole alien saga anything aliens alien xenomorph hr giger alien versus predator such I a good film it. i love that was it such a good film i love it all alien alien versus predator was the best slasher crossover of all time <laughs> right <laughs> yeah when she when she stands out on top of the like the iceberg and next standing next to predator and they both look like predator oh right right <laughs> <laughs> Icon legend, yeah, living legend. Ugh. <laughs> uh, so annihilation next. Yeah, we'll do annihilation next. I I think I yeah you'll really love. It's poetic gore. I I you'll love it. I it's I've. Yeah, I want to get into it because yeah, yeah, yeah. I like watched it fairly recently. I oh, was okay. like, because I I watched it a while ago and I was like, where did this film come from? Yeah. And then I found out it was a book. Um, and then I, I was thinking about it like probably like a few weeks ago and I was like, let me put it on. And then I was, I watched it and I was like, I need Jordan to review this for the podcast. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Even if it's not the next one we do, we need to do it at some point cause it's, okay. it's wild. Cute. So Annihilation next. Okay. Well, uh, let's sign out, sign off. Why? <laughs> I have been the witch. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the underscore witch. Um, I also have 
a YouTube page, Twitch, Twitter, all the shablams, shebangs, shebangs. Um, <laughs> that's the song. She bangs. Yeah. She bangs. Uh, I'm funny. That was that was a little joke. Everybody, okay? follow me. I'm funny. That was also a joke. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, but right now at the moment, I'm only really doing Instagram. So and this. So at the underscore witch on Instagram. And I oh, have- that's witch spelled W Y C H. And that's, that's because I keep telling people this, and I don't know if it's the truth, but it's because of the witch tree, right? Yeah, it's a witch elm tree. Witch elm tree, okay. Yeah. Because I keep saying that, and people are like, I've never heard of it. Yeah. And I'm I, like, well, I'm not Google. Okay. It's a very specific species of uh, tree. And, like, I also had the thought of, like, going into drag if I ever had, like, a house. Yeah. Uh, all of my drag children would be named after trees. Oh, a cypress yeah cypress oh aspen birch juniper juniper spruce yeah no i all are, are you out there <laughs> I, I know some bitches heard that and their ears are like red right now yeah They're i like... want the house of hishi to be all named after trees <laughs> yes. and i also think it's funny because my mom when she was a ballroom instructor they had to have alias names yeah and she said her alias name was miss forest oh that's so cool so all the trees are born out of the forest i love that um so yeah, my original name was Willow, and it was super generic. Um, so I changed it to Witch because Witch Elm Tree. There's like a famous uh, myth, legends in the I think it's in the UK, um, from like right after World War Two of who put Bella in the Witch Elm, and it was a name given to a corpse found inside of a w- overgrown Witch Elm tree. That's sick. <laughs> I love that. And no, it's metal. she's a Jane Doe. Nobody knows who she was. Uh, or how she got there. So forever in mystery, nobody knows who put Bella in the witch elm. In the witch elm. That's so cool. Yeah, I dig that. Well, I've been Jordan. I get my name from the Jordan River. <laughs> is what my mom told me, but I know she just wanted to name me something. Actually, you were named after the River Phoebe's. <laughs> <laughs> she only gave me that name because she didn't know if I was going to be gay or not. She's like. I, I need it to be, like, feminine and masculine. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, when we were at Chiba Hut earlier, and they were like, uh, what name should I put on the order? And you said Jordan. I was like, I that was the first time I realized that it's both a male and a female name. Oh, yeah. That's the very first time I realized that. And if it wasn't, <laughs> if I was going to be born a girl, it would have been Cameron, which is also. Mm. Jen Daniel. Okay. Yeah. My name is not Cameron. <laughs> my name is not Susan. <laughs> uh, my name is Jordan Alvarenga. And you can find me on Instagram at Quantum B. And I'm on YouTube, Quantum B or Jordan Alvarenga. There's literally only a handful of Jordan Alvarengas on the internet. So you'll probably stumble across my old Twitter that has my old high school friend saying I'm a faggot on it and it's really kind of funny no like he's declaring on it like I am like publicly I am a faggot like that's what my Twitter says but I haven't been on there since like 2007 2006 (laughs) no but you can keep up with me on Instagram I'm always on Instagram and if you go to my YouTube or my website jordanalvarenga.com there's lots of pictures and videos of the witch that are very good great performances 
little bit of music on my band camp at Quantum B. So Yeah, and everybody thinks that the photos of me on there is you. I mean, it's like okay, so I stopped doing drag because I just didn't feel the need to I needed to do it anymore. For me it was like a therapy thing. Like I started doing it because I was really lost and upset. You needed something to like put your focus into. Yeah, well, it was more like it, I started doing drag before I started going to therapy, mm. and it was really about how, like, the reason I went to therapy was because of like how I was seen by the public and how I felt I was interpreted by people. So drag was like taking that into my own hands. See, children, cross wrestling is therapeutic, right? But then after, it's like once I quit, it's like here are all these people that I made like this lifestyle with in a new city and once I left it was like I left out of everybody's life because I didn't do drag anymore and and so and so I posted a picture of the witch on my Instagram and they were like oh my god I love it and they're (laughs) like I haven't talked to them since I lived over in California (laughs) I don't know it's just kind of funny to me but I would like it too I mean you're slipping that creepy mask can you tell in the photo that it's like your mat, your leather face? I don't know. I can tell, but I can't tell if it's just because I was there. Uh, partly because you were there. Uh, also, I did paint like my iconic face They're on top it, of right? the leather face mask. Yeah. No, so. that's. And I want to get a shot like that next time you do that, like you taking off the mask and you still have the same face underneath. <laughs> <laughs> I should have got that last time because it's kind of funny. Yeah. All right, but that's it. Um, thank you for listening and enjoying your daily dose of a queer, Dopamine. gay, vocal fry. And Wait, what'd you say? Dopamine. Dopamine. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, we're anti-dopamine, okay? <laughs> we're actually depressants. You, yeah, you like put this on and you're like <laughs> calling the suicide hotline. <laughs> Side effects may include. Right. <laughs> Anything else? Um, quick queer baiting. <laughs> Tie back to the opening. <laughs> um, you're special. Your mom knows you're special. Your mom told you you're special, and that's why you're special. Special on my face. <laughs> special on either side of my face. Yeah, I love making my breakfast in the morning and going, jam on my toast. Jam on either side of my toast. (laughs) Okay, Uh, that's it. Mic drop. (laughs) Unless you really want to say something else. Uh, Well, just that Pamela Voorhees is right. You are special. Kill her, mommy. (laughs) Kill her, mommy. Okay.